Piety is much more triggering than fetus for me. And welcome to the A to Z Horrorcast. This is the Creative Town Podcast, brought to you by us over at AtoZHorror.com. I'm Jack, and sitting across from me is Jake. And your latest work is wonderfully disturbing, Jack. <laughs> and so next to Jake is someone else who's not one for flowery words. It's Mark. Hello. You, that that I, word was as flowery as you I, could have made I, it. I will, yeah, that was, that was on the fly. I tried to make that as flowery That's as possible. That's called the joke. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you familiar with our Cracker Jack operation, we watch and review one horror movie a week, and then we get drunk and argue about it. And this week, we watched 2017's The Devil's Candy, which was a Mark pick, yes, and we will dive into that all the way real soon. And when we do, fair warning, we're going to spoil the absolute nonsense out of it. And hey, we do have Patreon going, but we're not where your money should be going. So, as it has been since June of 2022, all of our Patreon proceeds are going to Planned Parenthood. So you can head on over to patreon.com slash A-T-O-Z Horror, support the show at your level of choosing. And hey, little little announcement here. I've decided uh, as of, let's see, I'm gonna let's pick the date of June 25th. If you are a $10 patron, as of that date, I'm going to send you some cool A to Z coasters I've been making. Um, couple so of get in so there. You might have get like in one there. day to Real to, yeah, Hawaiian I'll tweet about it and stuff, but they're they're turning out pretty cool. I'm pretty happy with them. Um, either way, check it out and know that your money is going somewhere better than our dumb asses, specifically to support the bodily autonomy of women and other persons who could become pregnant. But if you need a little escapism, hopefully you can have some fun in the horror world with us for at least the next little bit. And boys, you know what that means. It's time to do the getting drunk part. So that's gore. Let's do beers for fears. And we'll start with Jack, because I forgot to get beers for these fears. I have some Lagunitas IPA in the fridge, despite... A good twenty minutes of thought this morning while I was buying lumber, sure. I couldn't, I couldn't really shoehorn sure. it. Uh okay, it's like a black and white logo label, kind of very artistic, and, and very blurry. artistic, it's logo. very artistic. It looks like his uh, his dark era paintings. I thought, yeah, I thought you were gonna go like black, <laughs> white, red era. is the color palette. of It metal. is the color palette. Yeah, so that's what go. I'm doing. You did it. That's color why I specifically went out and bought Loganitas <laughs> IPA. He he had his dark movie. he had his dark era, and then Ethan Embry went on to be a cubist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like the dark era. Well, yeah, absolutely. In this era, our painter was possessed by a demon or possibly yeah. an angel. We don't know. It's very not clear. <laughs> we'll get into that. Mark, what are your peers for these fears? Uh, so quick spoiler alert. Yeah, just do it. Just Jake do and it. I independently went to the store and picked out the same beer. So you're hey, going to be choosing between a while. Jack's. I, I was saying that off air. I was like, wow. You're going to be choosing between Jack's uh, very yeah. specifically chosen Lagunitis IPA. Yeah. <laughs> or <laughs> you're going right. to be choosing between Jake and I together, which is uh, we we went with Devil's Creek, uh, K-R-I-E-K, the, the, the style fruit, of beer, you know, whatever, the, Belgian for fruit. Uh, this is yeah. a Belgian uh, sour ale made by Double Mountain. I think it's pretty, pretty self-explanatory <laughs> where, where we got where we got that one from. Yes. Yes, it is. That's probably why we ended up with the same beer. Has devil in the name. It was going um, to be a difficult movie to beer for me, and then this just kind of. I was oh, looking for. The shelf, you know? There used to be nightmare, nightmare brewing the the metal one, the one with the metal art. 
Yeah, there's a lot. Of, yeah, I was looking for more metal stuff. There's yeah. also one that's like we used to have it in Salt Lake City all over the place. That was like the Iron Maiden Brewery or something like that. Oh, fuck that! that only made here. Iron Maiden songs into beers. Okay, okay. <laughs> there you go. And that was uh, gonna be pretty badass, but we I haven't. We seen don't any get we don't get True here, which is out of Denver, which is also like a metal based brewery. And is that T R U is kind of R D E True? Oh, that one. Okay, Bat Squatch kind of has an '80s metal cover art vibe. A to little, it. yeah. It has a little bit of more of like the the. Not like the death metal, black metal, more serious no. style that no, you no, get. No. Uh, like Meatloaf here. era. Meatloaf era metal. Yeah, that, that yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah, bad out of hell. Metal. <laughs> metal. That's like Either what way. you play when she's like, can we listen to something less heavy? You play like yes. bad out of hell. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Meatloaf. <laughs> uh, so you know we do, we all did a job uh, I did a particularly good job I think Boys, yeah, great, but Jack. drinking beers isn't the only thing we've done in the course of the last week we might have also experienced some other shit in the horror world except for I really didn't wow. uh, I'll tell you what's been rocking my oh wait do we have any lost beers for fears to pay up on we sure do oh you know oh, it oh cue that sound effect hell yeah been a while mm, beer just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this. What an idiot! You suck, you jackass! Mark, what do you got? So, uh, first off, we're a little bit behind on polls. We're getting caught up, though, I think. So, I this statement will probably be wrong by the time this comes out. But I'm officially paid up as of this entry. I watched Eyes Without a Face. Uh, if you have HBO, HBO, it's part of the uh, Criterion Collection, so it's on there. Otherwise, I mean, it's a, it's from 1960. It's everywhere. You can find it. Uh, ages pretty well, like as you would expect. Um, anything filmed in high caliber film cameras of the 60s and 70s and before that still look pretty well. Translates well to the big screen. Um, yeah, I watched this a year, a couple. Yeah, of years I remember ago. you talking about yeah. it. What were your thoughts on it? Les yeux sans visage. It's fucking. <laughs> It's more for that's the it's a French movie, right? And that's the French yes, name. Yes, yes, it. it is. Um, it is more like an imagery movie than anything else, and it has some really cool iconic imagery. That, but it the the plot is, I mean, basic nonsense. <laughs> the plot is that there is a um, famous plastic surgeon who I'm going to refer to as Doctor Nick throughout the rest of this synopsis, uh, and he loses his well. Supposedly, he loses his wife and daughter in various accidents. His And we come to learn through the process of the movie that since he is a plastic surgeon, he's basically like taking people, killing them, and then using their faces to uh, repair both his wife, who he's done this to before. He ended up kidnapping his secretary, killing her, and then turning his wife into his secretary. Uh, and now he's doing that with his daughter who he injured in a car crash. And uh, she has like this horribly scarred face that they make this a pretty impressive mask for in the movie. I think that's one of the images that the movie is famous for. Uh, and he's trying to get that face to graft on correctly without the host rejecting it um, and leading to further horrible disfigurement. So it's a serial killer movie. Uh, and it also centers on sort of the guilt of the daughter when she's seeing the monstrosities that are happening to these young women who is, who her father is kidnapping and killing. Um, pretty, we talked pretty, pretty solid. Rec- yeah. And it, the, we talked recently about a movie being more vibes than movie. And this movie kind of fits that bill. It's just like, Creepy scenes, cool images, and not a lot else. Weird screams. 
Yeah, I mean the the funniest thing about this one is going back and just seeing how story how the difference in how story is deployed in the 1960s. Uh, this is still a black and white film as well, uh, but it has very much the vibes of like, you know, as a good example, they're at the funeral for the for Doctor Nick's daughter, um, and there's just two onlookers that are just like, ah, oh, that poor man. He lost his wife a number of years ago, and now his daughter is also dead. He must be very sad. Hey, is that his secretary? Why is his secretary there? She also looks very broken up about this. <laughs> like, really making sure we understand what's going on. I, yeah. And I mean, I just think that's kind of, as we've evolved from the more theatrical uh, presentation of stuff to, like, modern-day cinema, where you're kind of, and a lot of times being deliberately opaque and having the, the watcher piece together elements of the story as part of our own like personal fulfillment. But um, overall, I mean, it, it's, it's part of that criterion collection for a reason. The mask, I mean, it, it's funny that the mask is creepier than the disfigured face that they also show. It's but really creepy. The mask is super cool looking. It's just like this white, white porcelain doll type face. Um, and the other cool thing that they do that I thought was, a good touch. I wasn't sure where they were going to go with this, but they actually like, it is a mask obviously that the actress is wearing. And then she's delivering her lines from behind the mask. So the mask, but there's like no hole in the mask. So the mask, so she's speaking, but there, the mask's mouth isn't moving, <laughs> uh, cool. which is kind of, I, I don't think we've seen that too frequently outside of like, you know, bank robbing movies. <laughs> Hush. Uh, yeah, well, I don't even know if he delivers that many lines while his mask is still on because it gets Not pulled many. off in the first like ten minutes of that movie. <laughs> um, but in any case, yeah, Eyes Without a Face is a uh, classic. You Les should go see it. it. Fills out your horror resume. And you didn't mention, but this was for uh, losing Requiem for a Dream. Sure, I, think the, I the don't pull, remember what yeah. the connective tissue was. It was sure. basically like I created a hey, you lost for what is universally renowned as like one of the most disturbing films out there but i wanted to go a little easy on you so i picked ones that i knew wouldn't be too weird like i didn't go with like solo or anything that would be just objectively horrible a serbian film exactly those didn't make me please cut. never make me watch a serbian I, film. and i this would have been the time to do it and i didn't so you can trust me thank you yeah you know instead you went with a pretty light-hearted <laughs> romp very light-hearted yeah i don't yeah. know yeah i couldn't I, let him off totally i don't know if i would describe this movie as a light-hearted romp but it does have like sort of the charm of the 60s yeah behind it Anyways, there you go. That was sure. mine. And now I am out you're of movies, up. and I'm about to lose a bunch of polls, so we'll catch up next time. Yeah, I was going to say, by the time this comes out, your statement will have been true and then have become false again. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's how it goes over here. Yeah. Things change over time. Yeah. That's the nature of I the have world. one, too. Okay. Hey, uh, I'm, whoa! I'm, I know. It's fucking crazy. Look, I'm an Avalanche fan. It's the NHL playoffs. They've been off for like a week, so I got to actually watch some actual horror shit as opposed to just being in the fetal position during a hockey game, so that's been... Really nice, honestly. The lack of stress therein. It's been nice. I lost for Hatchet, and my poll related to that film was just a bunch of other stuff that Adam Green has been involved in. A little bit tough to even come up with three films that aren't just from like the Victor Crowley Hatchet series, but the one that won is Chillerama, which was from like 2010, 2011. Let me be... Chillerama. Chillerama. Let me be playing here. This movie fucking sucks. <laughs> Uh, you... In the same vein that Hatchet fucking sucks? Uh, more or so of okay, that. that. Take harder. that more extreme. Yeah. Uh, so this I watched this on Tubi, and when you do that, you have to watch the film plus see ads and stuff, so that further Algorithmic exacerbated too, the whole situation. This 
interestingly is actually this is an anthology and so adam green only directed a part of it but there are four films here mm. and the the frame narrative is basically that there is a drive-in theater and, and people these are, are the films that are showing at the drive-in theater like midnight movie style so you're talking b movies exploitation flicks and you have four segments right the I know I don't remember so directors here were Adam Rifkin, Tim Sullivan, Adam Green, and Joe Lynch. I don't remember what parts the other three guys directed, but Adam Green's part uh, is called the Diary of Anne Frankenstein. If that helps Yikes. you start to understand what you're dealing with here, Yikes! Which is <laughs> basically what if Hitler tried to create a Frankenstein's monster to win the war. Uh, that sort of thing, right? Another another segment is called Wadzilla. Wadzilla. <laughs> so that's about a dude who it's basically body horror, where the dude's sperm basically becomes a kaiju monster and attacks Manhattan. So that's fun. Uh, another one was I was a teenage werebear, which is the musical number because you need one of those. Um, <laughs> They're not where I was expecting to, you to go with that one, but okay. yeah, you need one of those. Uh, and the final one was a zombie. Get it? B movie, which was just kind of, they're all spoofs. They're heavy, like, we are spoofing this style of film, each of these, and they, they all suck, but they me. are trying to suck. It's like, we're loving, we're loving, we intentional B movie. Yeah. And you know what that's like. We all do. Like, you're, it's not a movie that I would recommend, but if you're in the mood for something that's more on, like, your bad for bad's sake, just to be fun and funny, like, I guess. I yeah, still... the, pro- the problem is, though, if you're in that mood, your cup overfloweth with choices. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I will say, though, it I was helps. On, on, like, the lovability scale, though, because that's sort of not what I was enough. getting at earlier. Not with... high enough. Not high enough. Not high enough. I will say that it both helps and hurts that it was an anthology. Like, you can really get through some of it because this shit wears thin pretty quickly, right? But it also isn't a cohesive enough unit for you to love much about it does that make sense like you can't follow along with stuff enough to really be enraptured by any one part of it yeah so it's a movie that i wouldn't really recommend to anyone unless you really like anthologies and really like b movies okay there you go fair enough i have one more oh no no not for this no not for this before okay i'm not like let's cue scatman now scatman's world uh, well, I'll tell you what's been rocking my world in general is our office hosted a big multi-hundred person uh, conference uh, this last week. And so I was a big part of that. And that was much stress every day of that conference. <laughs> Very stress. Very stress. And then beyond that, we've reached the point of moving into our new condo where it's like stuff's unpacked. And now I just have to actually start doing shit. So I like... You know, new bathroom vanity, built-ins, floating shelves. I'm building a fence. It's been like every waking moment's been that kind of shit. So I haven't had mm-hmm. much time to do much else. And then I'm also so tired at the end of the day. Like most of the time when I watch weird horror movies is after my wife's gone to bed and I stay up a decent amount later than her. But I've been so fucking tired at the end of every day. I just like collapse at 9.30 or 10 every night. So I haven't watched much. The one I did watch, I think it's- By the new- way, listener, just to put that in context, that's about three hours before he normally collapses into bed. Yes. <laughs> when that's when Jake and I regularly go to sleep, but that's not when Jack. Oh, I'm already remming hard. At that <laughs> yeah. point. I'm in my second sleep cycle by 9:30. No, I'm not. Yeah. That's not true. Somewhere between 11 and one is where I usually go to bed. Yeah. Um. 
either way, I did have time to catch one. I just turned on Shutter and like was scrolling through the featured thing. And okay. Backcountry is new to Shutter, I think. God, this fuck is an that old movie. like 2014, 2016 movie. I don't remember. Uh, it and I watched no, it. Thank it, you. I've did you not see it? Before. Seen it? Oh, okay. I'd seen it before. Yeah, but man, it I enjoyed it a lot more on this. I liked it better than I remember, and it, I liked it the first time. I. Do you not like it or is it brutal? It's brutal. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's it's a good brutal movie. Yeah, it stars. Uh, fuck also, that. I forgot Missy Peregrine's in it. I like Missy Peregrine, and she's very pretty. Uh, I, don't I don't know anything about this movie. Why should I know what Backcountry is? It's a uh, movie. It, go, it, just give the synopsis, Jack. Yeah, you okay. It. So this is a movie about a couple. The the I like that you're interrupting him to tell him. Well, to do I the realized that I was stealing his thunder. Okay, so I stopped <laughs> stealing it. I stopped. <laughs> This is this is a couple. the The man is going to take his <laughs> girlfriend out to the back country to propose to her. Um, as they start to leave, are you saying signs. back country yes. or bat country? Back, back, b a c k. Oh, okay. I think I do know. This is the one with the bear. Jeez. Bears, I went to yeah. I went to fucking back country like Johnny Depp in yeah. Fear and Loathing. Oh god, that's yeah. where my brain. No, went, no, no. And back I thought country. That, okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So it's the one um, with the bear. for got the it. listener. Got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. As they're hiking, it becomes clear this was an ill-advised trip as they see indications of an aggressive bear in the area. Uh, and I won't spoil too much beyond that. <laughs> I mean, it's um, a horror movie, so... <laughs> figure out what happens. Yeah. Um, there, I will say, you can tell me if you think I need to bleep this, Jake, but this has an ankle-breaking scene that is one of the most brutal things I think I've ever seen. No, it's it, fine. It's it, up there on the list of brutality. It's so hard to watch and so well done. And the, just like, the, oh, God. The let's just say injury factor in this movie is not for, it makes it one that's not for the faint of heart at right. all. And it's very all. well made. It's yeah. very much worth a watch. It's on yep. shutter now. Check it out. It's very good. Mm-hmm. It's brutal. One more thing that I'll say good. is it doesn't go overboard by any means. That's what keeps it. That's what makes this movie so brutal is it, there isn't a ton that happens, yeah. but when it does, it's not okay. <laughs> Definitely. And it's not like, you know, a torture porn or gore heavy. No, movie particularly. God, no, it's, it's very brutal. real. It's too realistic. Is the problem. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. There's like cut to, cut to a scene where it's basically like straight out of misery, but it's a bear with a mallet that's hobbling one of the one of the people. <laughs> I can't let you leave. <laughs> Either way, that's all I've got. I had time for nothing else. Mark, what about you? Uh, yeah, I had one more that I wanted to keep thematic with the movie that we're reviewing this week. So I watched until the light takes us. I think both of you have seen this. Yes, Jack. Remind I know. Me? I Wait, know. Is this Jake the Colkin one? Huh? Is this the Colkin one, or is this the actual documentary? This is the documentary. Yes. yes yeah. Okay. Yeah, so see the documentary. Yeah. So uh, I guess first things first. Not a horror movie, but this is a documentary about the Norwegian dark metal scene in the early '90s. Probably stretch. I mean, it's stretching through sort of modern times, and the reason it's stretching through modern times is because there are multiple characters in this who do time for murder. <laughs> Uh, and at the time yep. that they made the movie, one of them was still one of like the main interviewees. Um, they're interviewing him in prison for yep. stabbing a rival dark metalist in the skull and killing him instantly. Yes. Um, and at, I mean, at this point, he is out of prison now and he's like back doing stuff. Big disclaimer here. I'm, so they're clearly showing the start of this movement. Uh, bit problematic because there is a distinctly white supremacist yes. nationalist vibe behind this. And I think that's painting with a bit of, it's, it's a very, I, I would say it's a relatively complex approach to this thing because obviously it's nationalism based because a big part of why there's so much violence involved is because they're burning churches for being built on original like pagan holy grounds, which seems 
somewhat fair. Go don't, fine. Don't, we do not condone burning churches, but I mean, if you're gonna <laughs> burn churches, do do it when they were colonialism. That so all that of happened them, to so your all, country. All the churches. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> well, like I said, it's complex. It's a slippery slope, Mark. Uh, the other thing that I would say is. One of the th- underlying themes of this movie, they, they kind of tell it be t- from two perspectives. They tell so there's this guy Fenris, whose name's actually Gilvy. Everybody has two names, and they're all extremely fucking metal names. Fenris is the main dude. And then there's like Hellhammer and Necro Judge and Immortal and Demonaz and Mayhem and Burzum and Faust. Um, <laughs> but you have you have Gilvy, and then you have this other dude who was like Count. I didn't write it down. Count defer whatever Norwegian word. Um, the Count is the guy who's in prison, and Fenris is kind of seemingly just this dude who really fucking loved the music, and they had two different bands. Count was in Brazoom, Fenris was in Darkthorn, if I'm remembering correctly, and I think one of the theses of the movie is that, like, as a movement grows, it loses its nuance and specificity which is a lot of what Fenris talks about later in the movie. And I think that's kind of partially what we're talking about here, where like his whole thing was just like rebelling against society to a certain extent, but like having a very specific message. And then a lot of other people came in, flooded the scene, and it burst forth with violence and yeah. nationalism. Um, and in that way, I, I think it's an interesting text, except that I don't know if they really... I think I'm doing a lot of work there personally to put that message on this because other than that I don't really see what the function of this documentary is other than just like here is this other than literally just a historical piece it does of have like, a here's some stuff here's, vibe to yeah, it yeah here's some stuff that yeah. happened in Norway in 1993 or yeah. whatever yeah um, well and like I, it's been a long time since I saw this but isn't it also there's more of like a specific dive on Mayhem the band specifically and how their whole shit went down so like this touches on how black metal started obviously like you yeah. said but it it kind of tries to go in a lot of directions because it is a complex thing and there are definitely elements of self-harm and things well, involved to that, here to that point there's like just a straight up photo of a guy who shot himself in the head with a shotgun in yeah like the first that was that was like the that they used as an album cover if i remember correctly yeah that was like the main guy in mayhem and then they decided when he he was the bassist did he wasn't the, the thing guy, but yeah he was one of them though i think he sang too didn't he May, i don't know um, they decided to make an album cover. It's fucked up. But when you have a scene like that that's developing, and its whole thing is that it's like this new, how brutal can you, like this is the most brutal shit that's ever come out. There's going to be a race to make more extreme and more brutal shit, and people that live crazy lifestyles are going to take that and do what they will with it so it gets out of hand right it's a base about it it, it's a it's an arms race around who can be the most rebellious Um, right and then you get to murder and arson and homophobia and other dark places but not in the darkness that you would want from dark metal (laughs) darkness from just humanity perspective yeah not yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Um, not the fun kind of satanism there's also like a (laughs) there's also a substantial uh like side shot to this about just like the art 
of Norwegian dark metal. There's a bunch of scenes that are just, there's a modern artist in Norway who's putting together like features about the, like these bands and art that they inspired and that sort of stuff. And that, that part's kind of cool as well, but it kind of gets back to just how loosely constructed the documentary is. Yeah, just like, sure. here's some stuff. It, it is yeah. just here stuff. Yeah. I still thought it was interesting, but it is just, here's some shit. And it's like, okay. Uh, once upon a time, this was available on shutter. If I remember correctly, correct. It is not anymore. As far as I can tell, um, so I had to rent it on Amazon, but if you do want to do it, it's one of the ones that's like $2 or something like that. So yeah. it's, it's a relatively cheap one. It's from 2008. So also a lot of things have changed in the last 14 years as well. Fair enough. And to just close the loop on the other movie you were talking about, Rory Culkin is the star yeah. of the film Lords Lord, of Chaos. Lords of Chaos. Yeah. Which is that's a movie about mayhem, about mayhem specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there you go. There's another companion piece that you can go for. I would say I don't. I haven't seen Lords of Chaos, but I would venture to guess that neither of them are technically horror, but that is sort of adjacent sure. and oh, totally very yeah. metal related, which is why I thought it was topical for this week's episode. Yep, <clears throat> that's sense. all I got. Okay, Jake, what about yourself? Yeah. So the only other stuff that I watched were two Mark's two recommendations from the newest season of Love, Death, and Robots on Netflix. Hell yeah. Uh, I can't remember what the most recent re- I have the name of the most recent recommendation was. Jabaro. Jabaro. Um, I'll start with that one because I have less to say. I mean, I'll keep. Both Jack, have you brief. watched Jabaro yet? No. Okay. Oh, I'll, I'll keep it super <laughs> it's brief. So good. It's the last I, episode of season. Three. It's a fucking insanely uh, discombobulating. It's ballet truly one of the weirdest pieces yeah. of animation it, i've seen what was the word i said i was going to use was it discombobulated I think discombobulation. Fuck yeah i did it i did it i'm gonna <clears> keep <throat> it there it's like it's a chaotic ballet that just makes you uncomfortable yeah watch it watch it with your uh lovely wife jack i think she would appreciate it <laughs> okay no i agree it's a really weird thing but it's also a dance primarily 100 yes, yeah. it is dance choreography that is animated Cool. And it's like nuts. Yeah. And it makes me feel weird things. Fucking um, uh, and then the other, which was your original recommendation, Mark, is called Bad Traveling. This is a nautical horror thing. Uh, this was fucking great. I Isn't agree it awesome? Everything yeah. both of you have said. I like nautical horror, so I'm assuming that was why you recommended it. Season three, episode two. It was cool. By the way. Episode two. Season, th- season three, episode two. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, look, I... I, the only thing I really have to add, because you've both talked about it now, and I, there's not a lot to say here without spoiling things, I don't know why it was important at, at all for it to be on an alien planet. Why does that matter? I, I think it like because... starts out, and it's like, t- it, 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 you know what I'm saying? I forget the name of the shark, but it's like, on this alien planet, like... It, <laughs> it. I mean, I think it really is because it's like a shark, really straight out of those like strange, weird tales comics, where it's just like, don't a- worry too much about. It. And I think what yeah. they're trying to get at is like, they un- they know a little bit about this. With that, why the captain cares so much about not letting it onto the I- the populated island. I, yeah, I it was that part missed me a little bit. I don't know. It's it, it, just a it, you have a carte blanche for like. Carte blanche for just carte per- blanche, Mark. Yeah, it thank change, you. For- it changes the horror a little bit from an unknown beast to just a terrifying beast that can even assimilate. more unknown beast. Well, and also oh. it's just like this isn't Earth. Don't fucking think too hard about what we're, the story we're telling you. This is yeah. just a thing yeah. that's happening. We know there aren't giant crabs on Earth. We know there aren't. But you these- could have. You could have. But it feels, Jake, like you couldn't have a normal conversation above deck with your crewmates if, like an alien crab came and was talking to you through one of the corpses. It'd just be like, holy fuck, burn it all down. With It, w- it would be a different vibe. It could have been an alien Let's vote us, about man. what to do. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, it was definitely doing, like, the whole, like, rub the person's vocal cords to make them talk thing, which was super cool. 
Yeah, do it. it the uh, it's the scene from Independence, Independence Day. Day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it'd be, it'd just be a different vibe if this was an alien that none of these guys even con- contemplated could be there. Uh, real quick. So I've also plugged the night of the miniature living dead. That one's really fun. And it's like seven minutes long. Okay. Uh, the other one, Jake, I think both of you would like this, but Jake, for whatever reason, my brain is telling me that it's specifically up your alley. Okay. Uh, another episode from season three, which is, I think it's called like the heartbeat of the machine or something like that. It's okay. the one that's set on IO. Oh, well, is that why? Yes. I'll do it. The, I'll do it. Why. What's so help I- me God. IO is a moon of Jupiter. Oh, that. Okay. It's spelled I-O. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then it sounds like I-O. Thank you. That's the thing. <laughs> it's pronounced I didn't like see I-O. anything else. Those were, you know, I'm, I'm proud of myself this week. I watched things. I have, I've officially gotten through all of season three as of yesterday morning. And, I mean, there are a few. There's some generic-y stuff, but also it's pretty consistently good through and through. That's nice. I'm excited to get to the other it, two it's seasons. It's something I've never watched. I can't, so. yeah, I can't really believe that it's taken me this long to get to it. But I'm hey, still, whatever. I still, I'm, I'm interested in watching it from the start. But I didn't like that first episode, so I need to. Yeah, and it out, looks like those three robots are like recurring characters. Okay. So I don't know. I, whatever. They're just the lovable mascots. You need a little bit of lighthearted comedy every once in a while. Sure. Fair enough. All right. Uh, well, let's get to the feature presentation. Over to DCHorror.com this week. We watched The Devil's Candy. Now, Mark, this was a you pick, and I think I know why you picked it. It's because it was A to Z Horror's top one of 2017. I'm going to go year. with 17. Okay. <laughs> uh, this movie came out across three separate years. It officially released in 2015 on like a bunch of festival circuits and then slowly trickled out in 2016 uh, uh, yeah, and then officially came out on video on demand on seven, in 17. So the whole thing took about two years for it to drop, but I think officially we included it in the 2017 recording. Yeah, because that's when it came to Netflix, right? I was trying to find our omnibus um, listings and... I, I think our Omnibus 2017 document is just gone. It probably got oh, archived yeah, somewhere. Sure. But I have all of the other ones, but not this one. So I don't know what it beat. Other than <laughs> that, I know I had it first in front of Get Out. And number three was The Girl with All the Gifts. Hmm. I hadn't seen it in 2017. <clears throat> so I'm pretty sure it did win our best of. I think it did. You and Jake episode. both had it number one, I think. I think I had it number one and he had it number three. And then it was just one of those years where like... All of the other disparate. votes were spread yeah. out. Yeah, I'll yeah. find. I'm gonna find my document in the background. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll I'll come back to you with that. Uh, but, but I've bl- seen it once since. Yeah. Well, because we I recommended it to you because it was our top movie of the year and you hadn't seen it yet. Yes. <laughs> um, and I think this also concludes the list of movies that we had voted number one and we had not done a review of. So oh, nice. Okay. Now, now we're through that little venture, and we officially ha- we're officially on the record for all of the ones that we have said is the best movie of the year. <laughs> okay, very solid. Uh, Jake, is this your second viewing? Got to be third. Got to be third. I don't know okay. why I would have seen it for a second time, but I feel like that's the right answer. Fair enough. Mark, how about you? Probably second. I know. Okay. I mean, obviously, I saw it before the recording, and I don't think I've gone back since. So, before yeah. the recording of the omnibus, and I, was like, I haven't what? gone back since. <laughs> okay. Definitely second for me. Um, okay. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. I, have you guys found that, like, you Two just go back to old movies less now? I, I'm always looking for new stuff to watch. I don't. We talk a lot about the stuff that's in, like, our, our the rotation. yearly rewatch rotation, but that has gotten substantially I mean, smaller. Like for real... me, it's Hell House LLC and You're Next, and that's basically it. For yeah. Watching on a yearly I think, basis. like, re- there's a real talk element to this, too, which is just, like, we have less time. Oh, I have yeah. less time. <laughs> Tell me about it. So, yeah. 
So I think it's it, just it is harder to justify a rewatch. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <clears throat> We've I did watch Inside the other night again. <laughs> the the okay. Bo Burnham uh, uh, oh not 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 the, Alan Terrier not Alan Terrier right. <laughs> I figured it'd be Alan Terrier. Either way, Mark, you picked this movie, and you I know sure what did. that means. You got to hit us with a thirty second plot, a synopsis. Thirty seconds are on the goddamn clock. It's gonna start when you start. Astrid, Jesse, and Zoe are a family of somewhat metalheads. Jesse is the patriarch who is a painter by trade, and he's kind of selling out. He's doing, like, commissions for banks and stuff until one day they move into a new house, and he becomes possessed by some spirits to do some really dark shit. Meanwhile, Ray, played by Pro Taylor Vance, is a uh, guy who used to live in this house and has also been hearing the devil and is murdering people. Their two stories come together when he tries to kidnap the daughter Zoe, and he burns their house down, and they fight off, and then he gets his head bashed in with an axe. <laughs> and by an axe, I mean a Gibson a flying, flying V. v. <laughs> yeah. Dave Davies' guitar. Well, and specifically the guy from Metallica's guitar, whose name I'm blanking Kirk on. Kirk Hammett. Yeah, that one. Uh, yeah. He's the one who gets name-checked throughout this. It's very metal-themed, uh, but I, I don't know, anything else that... I, he's sort of being seduced by this art dealer who works for a uh, <clears throat> a a curated group named after the demon that is supposedly possessing these folks. Yeah, what's well, the name of that? It's Bilal, or Belial, and Belial is kind of just the name of the devil, I think. It, yeah, before the devil was named Lucifer, he was named Belial, essentially, from it's the Old Testament. a dumb name. I dumb. Idiot. You remember? Well, I think from, again, we're getting into stupid demonology text, which is just shit that, like, goths made up in the abremelin 1900s but uh yeah this, this kind of has the vibes of uh you remember in last what first what what is the what is the name of the movie that i picked last cycle last watch last shift. last shift last, last shift. Jesus Thank christ you. i truly cannot get Although, no actually straight. the name of the movie that you picked <laughs> during the rotation was the last watch yeah so, so. i got that part right <laughs> i just said the name of the wrong movie um and in that one they're like he was de- he was the devil before it was cool that type of thing i think Jesus they were christ <laughs> that's what belial or Bilal or whatever the fuck his name is supposed to be in this movie is uh, i have to think it's belial Bilal's like kind of a semi-normal name well there's i think i think both of them are technically accurate for the entity that we are trying to describe really? but it just depends on which like text you're going off of but in any case but like people like normal people are named Bilal what Bilal that- Powell NFL running back for one okay so name one like a- there are more, name there are more. more. I can think of others I'm gonna do it I'm gonna do that too traditionally do you know is it African is it in like Middle Eastern I, I don't know and if I commented I would be making it up no on that's the fly, fair so. I, I don't know either yeah no Belial is a term occurring in the old he like the old testament and it is also spelled Baaliel Belial Belhor, Belial, Beliar, Belial, Belial, and Belial. So there's a They're lot. all pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say that Belial could fit then. Maybe someone just felt rebellious with their it child. It looks real naming. Abremelin kind of stuff. Call him Billy. 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 Oh, Anyways, Billy. there's an art dealer that's also sort of sinister throughout this, but he doesn't actually Which do is, anything. Okay. Yeah. It's very. <laughs> we're not going there, Jack. <laughs> okay, not now. Fine. Not now. Fine. Instead, we're going to what in the fuck subgenres of horror this fits into. Except Wait, real religious. quick. How'd I do? Uh, pretty well. It was good. Okay, it wasn't bad. You're, thank you. I when you when what? you what? It was good. It, it he was, was two good. seconds long. That's like better than most. When you got to when you got a little deep in the Pruitt Taylor Vince descriptions, and I didn't think you were going to make it, but you pulled it out. 
in that I said what his name is in real life. His I mean, that's a substantial a amount of real estate considering you have 30 seconds. I will say that. It's true, but also he's... I, that is the vibe that you want for that character. It's, oh. all, all, it's bordering on a perfect casting situation. Sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, it could have been, like, it. number two would have been Vincent D'Onofrio, I think. That would also have been great. And they're yeah. pretty similar dudes these days. Okay. Vincent has probably, like, 100 pounds less than uh, yeah. Pruitt Taylor Vince on him, but whatever. And he's, he, like, he is equally shorter, intimidating. Think, but yeah. Number three would have been Vince Vaughn, but in the in the form of whatever movie he was in where he was a prisoner, uh, where he was, like, the guy who went the prison riots, <laughs> where he went very hard into the just not funny and I'm going to be a serious uh-huh. actor. For hey, what in the fuck, South Jonas of Horror, does this fit into, except for religious? That's it. <laughs> I mean, serial killer, if that's one we have. It's uh, a, it, yeah. So the thing is, when I suggest, when I if, I, if I'm going to put serial killer as a tag on a movie, mm-hmm. I want it to be more of like a... Whodunit? Like, yeah, like a whodunit, like like a seven type thing, you yeah. know, where yeah. there's like a string of murders and you're probably seeing yeah, it you from want the, the m- perspective of like the cop who's trying right. to... Right, yeah, you want the murder mystery, not in the sense of you wondering, but in you the only, sense of yeah, you only see one. It. You only see one of his murders and then the rest of them are just, there's a sack of bodies in the ground. Is, so, okay, so Silence of the Lambs is a serial killer movie. Yes. Okay, this yeah. is not. Correct. Because no yeah, one's really, no one's really trying it, to figure it's not, it out. It's not really a. Serial this movie killer. is no one's trying to figure it out or interact with the serial killer. They're Even though they're going to send him separate. into witness protection. <laughs> yeah, that's going to yeah, come well, up on A to Z Horror Jesus Legal Corner. Christ. Put a well, pin I in mean, it. It, it. Look, Mark, A to Z Horror Legal Corner just happened, and the answer is <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, the answer is no. Yeah. The answer Actually, is no. That's not how this works. A to Z Horror Legal Corner segments here. God, that's too many, Jack. No, that's the we're gonna no we're gonna need to do we're gonna need to pop them into one. We're gonna need to find a way to pop them into one. You can we need to figure out one. we need to figure out how to get all of our expertises. Look, we got a bingo, we got a bingo card happening. You got to make your segue like huge. Your tangent has to be longer my, than the segment itself. Remember? We all get my, to it when we get to nitpicks. My legal expertise is becoming it's moving away it's from waning. general litigation <laughs> and criminal law and towards the very specific world of like administrative <laughs> energy law. That's now what I all. That's I do gonna come up. That'll come up. <laughs> That'll definitely come up. When we watch like the circle or something, oh, you want to know about rate setting for power purchase agreements? I'm on that shit. I'm trying to think of a hey, more hey, movie that would save it for that. the Patcast, Jack. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, boys, let's talk about what this movie does right. Casting, all of it. Everyone yep. does a great job. Yep. My goodness gracious. Yes. Ethan Embry, well, dude. And the acting. It's casting, acting, script. Like there's there's a cohesion here that happens between all all of these characters, and I mean the four. Like that's really all that you. Yeah, have there's only four characters in this movie. Yeah, uh, and every single one of them just ebbs when they need to ebb and flows when they need to flow. You know what I mean? Yeah, I Ethan would like. They're all they're detail. all chaff, Mark. <laughs> no, they're all wheat. <laughs> the bass player from that thing you do, Ethan Embry. He's he does a phenomenal job in this he movie. Really he really pl- does. So he plays Jesse. He's the 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 patriarch of the family. Yeah. Um, Dude, have you seen his, the headshot that is online for him? <clears throat> It no, could no. not look at his Wikipedia page. It could not be further away from how he looks in this movie. Well, yeah, I mean, this, this physically speaking, I feel like this is his most unique role. Yeah. He's pretty different. He's in a lot of stuff. He's in a ton of stuff. Um, but this is has to be a unique experience for him. Yeah. Oh God, he's like balding on Wikipedia. I know. <laughs> uh, so are you like saying a- that just because he has long hair in this movie? Well, and which he's, I think like, is a wig, by the and way. And he's really jacked up. He just looks like a balding tack claims adjuster in this Wikipedia picture. Boring. Yeah, as hell. I mean, I think he's yeah. Like- that's, this dude that I'm looking at right now is absolutely familiar with actuarial tables. 
Yeah. Um, I also thought that uh, Kiara Glasgow does a great job as Zoe. She's uh, 14, I'm guessing, somewhere in in that range. Oh, my God. That's so cool. I didn't know that. Well, I... I have no idea how old she was when she was in this movie. I'm taking a shot at how old I think the character probably is, but she's in that range. She's a young teenager. Verging on high school. Like I thought she's in ninth, high school. Ninth grade. Eighth or ninth grade, I would say. Yeah. I, okay. Yeah. Let's compromise and say she's in ninth grade, because sometimes okay. that's high school and sometimes that's not high school. So she's in that range. That'd make her 14 or 15. Yeah. Um, and she, I mean, her performance is, is lovely. And all of this is getting back to the point where I think what this movie does most interestingly, is they make the family unit highly functional and warm and lovable. And wonderful. Yeah. It's so great. Oh, my God. So even they even have this a little bit of friction between Jesse and his wife, Astrid, who's mm-hmm. played by uh, Shiri Appleby, and be- because I guess she's not as much as a, of a metalhead or something like that. But even then, it's just like they have this lovable charm where Jesse and Zoe have this connection that... The father, a father and a daughter can sometimes have where they like share a, uh, share a hobby and like grow into it together type of thing. So I don't know if this is something that's evolved over the last like 15 years or whatever, where they started out not super being heavy metal, but then like he had, he, you know, he listened to Metallica a little bit and then she really liked it. And then they got like deeper and deeper into that and grew in a direction. (laughs) I'm guessing he's a lifer, dude. No, he looks like a lifer. I I would assume he is, but then I'm not really, I don't understand. And how she's not more of a fan of the heavy stuff. wife. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. How did Astrid get into this situation? Because people can't have their own musical taste. Well, to the level where you're blasting it in the car down the road. Like it feels a little odd. Yeah, That was for his daughter though. You know, he's, yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's he's an all tatted up artist who is focusing specifically on like heavy metal imagery. And she seems relatively perturbed by the fact that he's listening to this music. So I I don't, that part doesn't really make a lot of sense, but to get back to my original point, I think it is a brilliant choice to take an, alternative lifestyle as most people would do <laughs> the it. mainstream would call it yeah <laughs> and and basically show that it's like these you know this is a family unit that is full of love and happiness yeah and that's and a trap that we fall into even with mainstream lifestyles in other movies where it's just like i feel like the default choice for a horror movie is a dysfunctional family structure in some way or another like the the father and mother are fighting with each other or the kids don't like them or whatever you know go back and watch ginger snaps where there's just like a huge disparity between what the kids think and what the (laughs) parents think and this goes in the exact yeah it's literally the opposite you have like a boring family that has nothing to say about them that cannot function in most scenarios and in Mm -hmm. this one you have a family that is not that that are I'm gonna say interesting that do things alternatively and I, they're happy as clams. And know, the, the montage, the happy family montage of them moving in was so the wonderful. Moving, oh, the so moving great. montage so is well done. full on escalation. I I loved how frequently they moved the paintings around because that's yeah. the most move into a house yeah. thing. Like, yeah. uh, do you think the painting of the crow should be above the fireplace or above the bookshelf? <laughs> for the record, like, it switches like four times. <laughs> for the record, the configuration they landed on was the objectively correct one. I okay, think so. with the with the couch that faces that cool stove that they had in that room. Definitely. Yeah, the wood stove. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. want the couch facing that and the entryway so that was the correct you gotta match your tv a little higher in that instance but that's fine that's fine i mean they might grow into that part but it took them too long to get to that i'm shocked (laughs) it took them like 12 seconds jake it was a montage for goodness sakes they they were post pizza by the time they realized (laughs) that you gotta try stuff out just do it 
No, it would have been normal. I would have been like, that's the configuration. You must be fun to live with. Oh, God, no. I'll, I will say <laughs> Hey, do you think we should move the chair to that corner? No. It's <laughs> perfect where it is. No, Leave it, it. The feng shui no. has never been better. Exactly. I will say that all my walls here are concrete, so when we pick a place to hang a painting, it's probably staying there for a while. Yeah, you're like, get the concrete Using a masonry out. drill bit to get it in place. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. Hopefully you have things that are specifically supposed to... Like, in our old house, we had to mount the TV into, into a concrete wall, and I was like, well, it just seems like it's definitely going to be there, right? And we didn't have any other options, so... That I mean, no, a concrete wall is great for mounting a TV. You can put it literally, you don't have to worry about studs or shit. You can just, you got to get a hammer drill, but you can put it literally wherever the fuck you want. Right. But to your point, I'm saying like, you probably shouldn't be drilling that many holes. And it's also a pain in the ass to do over and over and over again. So do it once and just leave it where it's supposed to be. <laughs> That's, we, I made my wife tell me four different times that it was where she wanted it. And when we moved out of that house, I left the mount in place. She's <laughs> like, congratulations, you now have a TV. Yeah, mount. this is where your TV goes. I'm not You're pulling welcome. it back out. I don't know. I feel like that's doing him a favor. Either way, the well, family yeah. unit is wonderful, and all the actors do a very, very good job. And we didn't even get into, Jake, you said the four of them, right? Including Pruitt yeah. Taylor Vince's Ray, I think his character. Yes. Ray. A serial Ray killer. Smiley. Holy is his last name. shit, that dude is scary. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's such an intimidating person we know him previously from the uh he's not he doesn't feature prominently in identity but that was the last movie that i think we talked about him in he's but, the main body in identity right he's the, the yeah the but i don't think you body. see him until like the very end or yeah. maybe there's like an interstitial scene where he's still trying to figure out how everything's connected but he's and this is something they actually touch on in the imdb trivia page he's sort of typecast as like the man child yeah the scary looking man child and I guess that's specifically how they got him onto this. He initially rejected the role. This is all apocryphal from the IMDb page, so grain of salt, I suppose. But he rejected the role because he felt like he was being typecast. And then Stephen Byrne, uh, who's the director of the movie, reached out and was like, but I want a scary person who's trapped in the child of a, or a small child who's trapped in the body of a giant man who's possessed by the devil, and I think you're perfect for that. And somehow, yeah, that convinced him that he wasn't. That's funny. And he, he repeats the thing that he had already turned <laughs> yeah. it down for, and he's like, "Oh, I guess I get it." Well, and I you're think, right. I am perfect. No, for I think this. they added like a few dollars to it. Is Poss- what that's also possibly yeah. what happened. It certainly uh, isn't scary in and of itself, but Pruitt Taylor Vince has the nystagmus, like all all the, you know, constant nystagmus, just as a. I'm not, it's not a condition. A it's just being. part. Yeah, it's part of it. And he works that into a lot of his roles, and it really adds to kind of how creepy. Dark he is Jesus, when one. it happens in this movie, <laughs> fucking hate it. Jack, yeah. I'm gonna need you to tell me what nystagmus. Nystagmus is. is where your eyes like twitch back and forth uh, oh, gotcha. rapidly, okay. and 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 not for sometimes it's not noticeable, but sometimes it's very noticeable. And here it's pretty noticeable. Uh, but he he has that just like as a person, Prue Taylor Vince does, and he tries to work it into a lot of his roles. I guess we would also know him from Constantine. That was the other big movie that I knew uh, him from. That one episode from season three of House, I think. He played the, like, 400-pound guy. We haven't talked about cool. House in a long time. Cool. <laughs> Should go on a House deep dive. I've never seen Constantine. Is House available to stream on any Oh, other? House is available on Amazon Prime to watch for free. I, okay. I started a rewatch not too long ago. I again stopped when I got to Lin-Manuel Miranda rapping with House in the mental institution talent show. Because uh, that gets a little too rough for me. Show sounds good awful. up until then. Is that like okay, Mark? This is, is that like season two before Lin Manuel Miranda was big, or is that like season sixteen when House was like definitely? It's on its season way out? six or seven. There's three more, three or four more seasons afterwards. It's like when Scrubs had the Muppets on for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> what? 
I don't remember There's that. an episode of Scrubs where there's the Muppets. I do like the Muppets. Um, I like the Muppets, too. Muppets but no, Lin-Manuel Am I making Miranda. that up? I don't know. Is that know. like a fever dream of mine? I, I, hope don't, I really hope I'm so. I'm pretty into most Muppets stuff, <laughs> and I don't remember that. Um, I'm pretty bet. sure that's true. I'm pretty sure that's a real thing, but also bet. might be. When's the last time? Bet. Yeah, sure. Why not? Okay. I'm betting Fuck that yeah. it exists. Fuck yeah. The Muppets. What are you betting? I, dude, I don't know. You're the one orchestrating the yeah, bet. You tell us, tell us what we're betting. You got, we're rusty on the bet thing. Holy shit! You're sure. Do this more. I just yell bet. <laughs> Mark, <laughs> I just yell bet. The winner usually dictates what the loser has to do. Is yeah, there like it's a, usually a movie bet? Well, there there has to be a Muppet horror movie out there, right? Oh there yeah, there's be. a ton. There's a ton. They're probably not going to be like Jim Henson Muppets, but there's definitely that's what Muppets. I'm talking about, like Muppet 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 at oh like Halloween, a Jim Henson. Because otherwise, we could do we could do the the smiley time murders or whatever but i've already seen that movie well, that was well, you a better not lose movie. the bet then i guess there's that's what uh, we'll see. We, there's a muppets haunted mansion i think and we could watch that as okay the bet. muppets haunted mansion mark's I think daughter's that's what first it's horror movie i absolutely will not be <laughs> it's a very what's her first horror movie what's her first horror it's movie? a very it's recent happened. muppet what was her first horror movie uh this is something i should probably know you should know this but it was because you're gonna have to explain that within the next Six years, probably. Yeah, I, I, I don't feel like she. For one, I don't think she likes TV that much. She really likes watching sports. Good. So she likes, so for whatever reason, she like really enjoys hockey and football. Yeah, she's my daughter, and uh, but like we'll put on a Wally or a Moana or any other Pixar movie, Disinterest. and she'll Ensues. like kind of glance at it and then go back to playing with the blocks. So yeah, I, don't know. I guess at this point. I'm sure there have been horror movies on while she was like sleeping uh, on one of us. Those but don't count. I don't know. Yeah, you're exactly. gonna need to figure. Like, you're gonna watch, need to figure like, it out. It in I'm I'm guessing your wife knows Kay. the answer to Muppet this. Muppet horror movie. Uh, Muppet horror movie. Okay. Muppet horror movie. It's, it's I think it came out like this year. <laughs> oh, that's the name of the movie. Is Muppet horror movie? No, it's called Muppets Haunted Mansion. I don't even remember what the bet was. What was the bet? Whether, the Whether or not there was a scrubs. Muppet Scrubs episode. I'm looking it up. You guys just keep talking. I'll come back when I need to. In my club, I will splash the pot whenever the fuck I please. Oh, oh, that's it. Gambling. <laughs> I'm seeing a YouTube video of the Muppets meet Scrubs. Dude, did, did I just say that I was going to look it up? Hmm? Did I just say it? I, I Google searched it and I see Scrubs that have the Muppets on them and that's a whole thing. Like, like, um, like No, we the- don't want... Things you wear that have Muppets I'm aware on. of that, but that's what happens Mark, when you I, don't I am Google seeing, search. I'm seeing, and Jack already did it. I'm, there is, I'm seeing uh, the Scrubs, the TV show with Miss Piggy in it. But you okay. can also see a man in a camera, so I wonder if this might have been not an episode. What if it's not an episode? Then Jake has to watch. Because he... Tried to because he's no. shoehorning in this bullshit no. segment that we did not. It's need. not supposed to be a segment. <laughs> also, you guys are making it be on air. It doesn't just need to be. For on the air. record, the description of this YouTube video that is in a hospital with Miss Piggy in a bed and the scrubs around her is the the description of it is a clip from it's a very Muppet Christmas movie. So I don't know what the fuck's going. So on. maybe Scrubs <laughs> went to a Muppets thing. That seems less likely to me. <laughs> well. Although I guess that Jason Siegel Muppet movie had a bunch of random celebrities in it just because, hey, celebrities. Yeah. Anyway, what we're are we reviewing doing? A Devil's, the Devil's Candy. <laughs> it's been, it's been an hour since we've talked about the movie, I think. <laughs> <laughs> what an unnecessary tangent. The tangents are always longer than the segments, Mark. That's the whole point. Uh, Pro right. Taylor Vince, he's scary. Uh, yes, I also very much enjoy just to kind of put a bow on this because we've, we've talked about all of these things at once now, but I like how... 
much this movie cross cuts between there's sort of three different vibes. I'm going to keep the vibes conversation going from last week. <laughs> you have the very happy family that, that at least for the first half of the movie, they're happy. Uh, and then you cross cut that with Prue Taylor Vince's like just pure darkness as Ray. And then as a much smaller part of the movie, but still definitely a third thing that they cut to, to kind of cut it up a little bit and add this sort of like weird tongue in cheek commentary on religion is the like public access television programming. That is either the pastor talking about the, pictures of the devil and he's not going to be a cloven hoof horned you know split tongued devil he's going to be just like a person who's with you in society Uh, and then the various other religious programming is just on the tv that ray is watching while he's serial murdering kids see that's interesting mark because i agree with the first half of what you said i like the way they split it up i had different splits for what i liked i like kind of the father's story the daughter's story and prue taylor vince's story kind of all cross cut together i it is sort of funny that they like astrid is such a minor character oh yeah she's not really a character. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i did not like at all the religious stuff on the tv that felt lazy and unnecessary and bad to me but well, i did like the cross take. cutting it's a bad take and you're wrong i i think it really helps from the pacing perspective where it would be weird if you only had you need a third thing to a certain extent uh to sort of be the bridge between where Ray is and the family. Like if you're just constantly cross cutting between Jesse painting uh, or Zoe trying to play a guitar or something like that and him being a serial murderer, I don't know if that works as well. I think, I think it really, really helps the pacing with sort of this unrelated third thing that in a way is a vehicle for exposition. And maybe that's why you don't like it as much as it is a bit heavy handed in. It's very heavy. Here's, here's, here's what's happening. The devil is whispering in your ear, but I don't know. I I thought it worked extremely well. Hmm. Well, what what is it specifically you it, don't like about it, Jack? What what I don't like about it is it does feel like heavy-handed exposition in a movie that I don't know what the movie's trying to say. Ultimately, I don't know if this movie is about the devil or about God calling uh, the dad to save. I don't know. Like it's confusing as to what's the actually is going confusing. on here. And I don't. So then it feels like why do this heavy-handed exposition if you didn't get to any kind of a point? Anyway, I didn't like it. I thought you could have done cool interstitial shots of heavy metal music or him painting. Like, there's other ways I thought you could have broken it up better. There is a montage when he first starts. I, I guess it's when he start when he does the upside down cross painting and not turning butterflies into burning children. But uh, that whole like Ethan Embry shirtless ripped like Jesus, He's so ripped, <laughs> uh, just dirty and spray painting shit in his barn. That is a that is a very cool sequence. It is a they very have, cool. They sequence. do have a couple of those. The and sequences he, are they, awesome. Yeah, the, uh, my favorite was the one where he's like up on the ladder, and that's when he's working on the actual children burning one. Yeah, uh, that that has such like Sistine Chapel. I have to like get over here and reach from the scaffolding vibes. Yeah, in general, his his fugue state painting like sequences is what it awesome. does right. I mean, yeah, well, and on that note, the art in this movie is truly I, I and objectively horrifying. So it's, yeah, it's so, so well shout done. out, yeah. shout out to Stephen Kasner, who's the professional artist who they hired to produce these pieces of art, uh, who is a practicing member of the, I don't know if it's the church of Satan or the temple of Satan, but one of those, he's a, I think you know, he's a Satanist. Yeah. Both of those things are entities I think and they're Satanism. slightly differently oriented things. And I call it Satanism. Which one was which. Yeah, well, but I mean, like, they are different religious. Yeah, there are 1000 flavors of Christianity. I don't fucking know the difference between any of them. And yeah. And there's two flavors of he's Satanist. <laughs> Satanist, Satanist artist. 
but he's, he's one of the fun sa- yeah, Satanists. He is a Satanist artist, <laughs> and he's apparently very good at what he does. Yeah. He, the, the paintings are incredible in this. Which is, which is, I would say the art at large in this movie is exactly what, like, it has a theme and a style, and it nails it through and through. It stays consistent throughout. The yeah. metal aspects are 100%. phenomenal. 100%. All the posters up on Zoe's wall are super cool. Pulling one of them off to see, like, an old silhouette of an upside-down cross is, like, a super cool touch. Yeah. And then so- just to put on top of that, hiring a professional painter to produce actually good paintings mm-hmm. is a fantastic touch for what you would need in this movie. Like how fucking dumb would it be? You have to hit that. If it like zooms out and it's just like, you know, stick figure people yeah. who have frowns, yeah. you know, <laughs> you have to nail it. And no, they didn't it, nail it. A large, I mean, a lot, not all, but a large part of the impact of this film, it needs really disturbing imagery. And that's what delivers that. That's the vehicle. As an addendum to this, the multiple scenes of Ray standing in front of his Marshall amp playing a single chord and just yeah. the timbre of that chord. Yeah. I don't, I, I, if I were more of a musical person, I'd tell you whether or not it was like a D or G or whatever. I have no fucking clue what it was, but it's just like a boom, which I mean, if you want to hear it, just go, go watch the trailer. Cause I think it underscores the entire thing, but I yeah, love the, the, that the sound of that chord is perfect for a man trying to drown out Satan whispering in his ear. Yeah. It's so good. It's one of those, like, bo- every time, not both. I think I've seen this three times. Jesus. Whenever I watch this movie, I go through the process of being like, couldn't he just have, like, some headphones on? And just that, yeah, I mean, that's... But then I'm like, I don't care, because him playing the guitar is sick as fuck. It is so cool. <laughs> and I want to watch it happen. Yeah, I like the, the recurring friction of yeah. him getting yeah. chewed it's out by so, the cops or so his sister or whoever. It's so stupid, but I don't give a fuck. Yes, yeah, as probably... Total pass. The largest possible nitpick you can have with this yeah. movie is that you could just have headphones You on. could, but I don't <laughs> care, and I'm not nitpicking it. I, I could, but I'm not going to, because it's what the movie does right, to have that what you just mentioned happened. Well, plus who the fuck knows? It's, it's awesome. a it's a devil voice in his head. Like headphones might not work. It doesn't make any fucking sense. It's true. Exactly. And, and so this is also one of the things in the IMDb trivia page that's like Stephen Byrne is often approached about why didn't he just fucking wear headphones and his response is like, "Yeah, I don't think Ray is the best problem solver out there." It's <laughs> <laughs> a very good answer. <laughs> he is a man child who never figured out that you can just plug headphones. Yeah, and answer in two parts. He's not a good problem solver and did you see the scenes? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I made a pretty fucking cool movie. Yeah. Uh on the subject of direction, one quick other thing. So he hasn't Stephen Byrne hasn't done a bunch of other stuff, but we have all seen The Loved Ones. Yeah, we didn't review it though, did we? No, we did. I didn't. feel like that was like a no, random other review. No, I think everyone. I had seen it a long ass time ago, and I think you're the most recent, Mark. Yeah, that movie rocks my socks. I love that thing. <laughs> so I don't know why he hasn't made a movie since this one in 2015, uh, but he needs to do more stuff because he's two for two on extremely good stuff. Yeah, and they're kind of their own thing in a certain way. They're very distinct. Yeah, yeah. there's. I mean, aside from. I think he has a good eye for color. This movie is a wash in color, but it's all a very specific Specific. palette. And kind of There's not a lot like green and blues in this. No, it's reds and blacks and whites. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Very specific and CG fire colors. Ah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) We're not there yet. Uh, But obviously, very well-helmed project. Another good example of that is like the literal door on the home, too, being kind of like the... Slight, the, it's stained like the, the, the stained glass cross that's and the red. shots through, through the, the red stained glass of Pruitt coming cool. up the walkway are intense 
Yeah, I, that that that's an amazing shot. Yeah, and it, it speaks more to the color than anything, but it's also a great prop. I know we yeah. so. talked about the acting, but I did just want to mention here: Kiera Glasgow was she was born in two thousand one. Zoe, so she was like fourteen. 15 okay. when this movie was made she does so a fucking exactly pretty yeah, sure that's job. exactly what i said when when we brought this up it is yeah. and you're right yeah, yeah. yeah. She's i nailed it great confirming it yeah awesome yeah she i mean a lot of times when you have we've we've talked about this at length in other podcasts but when you choose to have a child be a focal point of your movie that's a pretty big risk <laughs> and her like you yeah, feel she's like She's angsty, but not older. unreasonably. So it's all very, no. very like natural feeling and identifiable. She's I. So it, the funny thing about this movie, honestly, the reason I think it's as fresh as it is, is because it's the like the family dynamics are exactly the opposite of what you would normally see. She's angsty, but she's not angsty toward her parents. Her yeah. her mom is after the first day of school. Her mom's like, "How was it?" And she was like, "It was awful." And I was like, "Yeah, I know. It'll get better." And then they like kind of smile and hug. Not and really. Go eat dinner together, <laughs> and then. As at through the like, she continues to be betrayed by her father in numerous ways. Yeah. And at the end of the movie, she still forgives him and literally jumps through a wall of fire into his arms. It's obviously the redemption wow. arc. But like, it's sort how of many a redemption other movies arc, but have it's we also seen? Sort of her only way to survival. True, but my point here is that <laughs> it's more about the redemption, Jack. <laughs> there's never a point really where they're openly feuding, which is the not what you normally see in horror where it's like you forgot to take the garbage out and therefore yeah. now we're fighting for the rest of the movie yeah. right type of thing like yeah, yeah, the yeah. smallest little seedling of conflict and all of a sudden everybody hates everybody well that this is the opposite of that. me would be a good transition to what the movie does middle yeah i'm good yes. with it because we've we've gone in a full circle too yes we have i that's that's fine it just reiterates the fact that the family dynamic here is more believable and good yes. the movie does right that redemption yeah. so arc falls so flat for me. Like, I understand what the movie's going for, and for the most part, I enjoy the character depictions and the miniature arcs each of the characters kind of have, because none of the characters really has a full arc in this, no. like, from a st- screenwriting perspective, story perspective. Jesse kind of does. Kind of does. And that he, but it, it's not a personal arc. That's, it's a he's possessed but, and then not possessed. Yeah, that's, right. the, that's the only one that remotely but has any arc. at the end of the movie, yeah. the movie did not earn the... One, she's not giving a like it presents it as a choice to trust your dad or not trust your dad anymore but that's not the choice she has a burning wall behind her or her dad in a window like it's not like whether she's going that direction whether or not she trusts him but it's presenting it like you have to trust me i'll say it's what the fuck else are you gonna do there's only one thing to do yeah except they'd already be very very dead but that's fine um, yeah, they're they're lo- they would absolutely die from smoke inhalation. One, and bro, they're, they're so they're, close. It is that is fully that, engulfed. That room is a thousand their, degrees. Their alveoli are singed into nothingness right now. Yeah, but it's not it's not a redemptive. She chose to trust him. She just chose not to die. <laughs> and her yeah, it would, so, it's not unbelievable for me that her character is making doing that calculus of like, do I trust my dad now? Okay, I'll save my life. <laughs> yeah, do I think he's actively trying to kill me right now? <laughs> uh, and you have this in medium. I had I hadn't done middle? middle because I do like the family dynamics and the over. It's just that that the ending. If that we want to talk about just the it. ending specifically, that's does wrong. But the, if I'm talking about as part of a character arc, does middle because I like the family dynamics generally. Well, I mean, okay, so like let's zoom out on that a little bit. This is an 80 minute movie, which yeah. is is it really refreshingly. <laughs> That doesn't sure. sound right. quite right. But, but at the same it's sub ninety. Wow. I I rounded. Didn't but feel sub that ninety. Way. No, huh. it's it's actually sub eighty. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's okay, a so seventy nine minute long movie. So that's 
cool and all, but I think what that complaint could be if you if you were to do it at its most basic level is that there are elements here that feel like they're a little bit underdeveloped for what sure. they need to be. Yeah. Um, and that is probably the best example of that happening. That's what I'll put in the middle. Because, like, I, hey, I like a 80-minute, <clears throat> sub-90-minute movie. That's great. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, like, you probably could have done a little bit more development here. Yeah, I, I don't know. Bit. Honestly, I don't so know where like- to pot this from my perspective. Because I think the escalation of Ray, like, the whole sequence of Ray obliterating those two police officers awesome. and then getting into the house, <laughs> shooting Jesse, shooting Astrid... Uh, trying to shoot Astrid in the head and then running out of bullets and then burning the house down. That whole run-up is a fantastic climax of the movie. And then, honestly, the visuals of Jesse then beating the shit out of uh, <laughs> Prude Taylor Vince with the guitar yeah. surrounded by CG fire is fucking awesome. But from the story, like narrative elements, exactly what Jack is saying you don't really need a redemption arc because the daughter was really never all that mad. And it also, since we don't see her being kidnapped by Ray is not a specific outcome from his tire popping on the side of the highway. Right. Uh, so you don't even know if she's really mad at him for that in the first place. And then be the whole other thing of like, now that he's rejected Satan and cut up his uh, painting, why he can see, the location where all of these bodies are buried, like three inches below the is ground. Is that what's going on? I or something. I don't know. The <laughs> scene is a wash with light. They don't. Later. They don't do a lot. Yeah. Now we're bridging into what the movie does wrong. And I started this by saying I don't really know where to pot this because I think the ending of the movie is actually holistically very good, but mm-hmm. thematically makes no fucking sense and is unnecessary. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I think that's perfect middle. So. Well, it's not middle though, because it's what it does right and what it does wrong, and so I'm just putting middle. them together. Mix yeah. them together, yeah, yeah. So the the climax is what it does right, and then the denouement is what it does wrong. Okay, fine. There, yeah. cool. Now I figured out where you're now, like, If we move into hard does wrong, Mark, you said it. This movie is a fucking mess thematically. It thinks it has <laughs> something to say. I don't know what the fuck that does is. It? I don't even know if it thinks it has. I don't something know to if say. it does either, man. Normally, I have a much bigger problem with movies that think they have something to say and then they don't say it. See Candisha conversation. This does not have anything to say, and it's just trying to be a heavy metal serial killer movie. Is that what it is? Then, but then, and, then like, then yeah, the to... serial killer needed to hear the de- the devil or the demons, and then the dude needed to hear the spirits of the children. And- oh. Oh, this is oh, like oh. A, so one no. other thing. One other thing. This movie does right. The whispering of the of the demon that you can. That's hear. Very cool, that's very cool. Very cool. And uh, it does the the oh, hollow oh. ear sound without doing a tinnitus sound. It gives you the same effect. With Wait, like, what, if, that what if tinnitus was just the devil whispering to you? What? What, what, Jake? When did that happen? Uh, every time it focuses in on Pruitt Taylor Vince, like especially when he's talking to the cops. Oh yeah, and the cop's voice dulls and you can't hear it. A lot of movies would accompany that with a really high pitched squeal. Yeah, high pitched. Exact same effect. It's lower. It's lower. It's lower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. Okay. Yeah, I got you. But what this movie does wrong, then Mark, I come (laughs) back to why have the religious pastor like B roll footage breaking any of it? Doesn't make so is. Are we to believe that the house is possessed by the devil and it first possessed Pruitt Taylor Vince, who moved out, killed his parents and moved out. And then it's half possessed Jesse while still possessing Pruitt Taylor Vince. And then an angel came in to kick the devil out of Jesse. I don't think that I don't think there's any angel involved here. Jesse kicked the devil out himself. I don't think there's an angel. Had ripped up the painting and then found the dead bodies like God wanted. 
The, what the, the dead body is a on? weird thing. The only reason that I said Angel earlier was because of the way they shoot that the very literal last scene yeah. because yeah. it's a wash the, and like light. the clouds are but parting the, and that has yeah. you can do, you do whatever you have to do you have to do a lot of legwork yourself as far as like once you've sort of touched the void you can see that fingerprint in other places and maybe that's sort of what they're going for here i actually do really like that they take this humanist angle of you can reject satan and, or you know corruption you can re- you can reject corruption in general as a human he doesn't have power over you he just provides temptation but i guess then they didn't do a sway, good enough job sway, showing me or describing to me how <clears throat> jesse is tempted he's tempted by the good painting by the by the he goes into the so he is shown a vision that allows him to paint this stuff that only the devil on the radar of the guy who has he's been courting who is the art curator who's been courting who works essentially yeah i guess tongue-in-cheek is the devil (laughs) um and that guy repeatedly tries to get him drunk and prevent him from picking up his daughter which he successfully does even though there's some other supernatural intervention there and ultimately he destroys the art that that guy wants effectively saying, I, do, I refuse this temptation and I'm choosing my family over it. I don't think it needs to be a big message here. If this movie has a message, it's that alternative lifestyles are just as functional as family. I so agree with that. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Like, that's the yeah. one that actually Other than that, it's works. just like... That's also... We're ch- that's the only... That's what works. Yes. If it has a message, it's that because it works. All the religious shit doesn't so, make any sense. It doesn't work. Yeah. It I doesn't ma- it doesn't I, yeah, it does not that big of a deal. It, I, yeah, it yeah. really isn't that big of a deal. I think there is more to be taken from the I would actually I think we could go on a long rant about what this movie has to say from a religious perspective. And I think Are that, we the people to do that, Mark? No, we're not. And I'm ultimately going to I'm say that we don't need to go religious down that path. and pious person, Mark. But I Pius love is- Okay. Side note: Wordle the other day was piety, and that seemed like a really rude word to choose. But in yeah, any... you're gonna—you can't do fetus, but you can do piety. <laughs> but in any case, fuckers. Equally but in any case, I do like for me. piety's much more triggering than fetus yeah. for me. I am—I am offended. I do love that this is a religious possession movie that does not have an exorcism in it. That is such a small and specific. Okay. Like, cross-cutting of horror movies like name me another movie where people are possessed by demons that don't have that a pos- doesn't have an, an exorcism. exorcism or a priest that comes in and splashes oh, holy water and stuff. Fuck. Um, paranormal activity a priest comes he's in. a priest a priest also a priest? there's an exorcism in the that priest oh, comes par- in sorry, and he sorry, bails sorry, sorry sorry you said paranormal activity and i went to the conjuring the, yeah, well, okay. or, no, but, but no, they no, do no, in paranormal no. activity they do have a, a demonologist the demonologist come comes yeah and he's and he a priest the and they have a priest come over when there's oh, two different they do yeah they do when does they the do, priest come do. over the priest comes over right before the ouija or right after the ouija board catches on fire yeah if i remember correctly it's been a minute since i gotta but i'm pretty sure there's a priest that comes over I gotta watch the movie. Mark, you know, Jake and I saw the movie early. I, you know, I've never heard that before. (laughs) Check. (laughs) No one knows the fuck we're talking about. Hey, (laughs) it's on the bingo card. Uh, One other obvious thing that I've now said two or three times, but I'm going to bring it up because Jack hasn't yet. The CG fire is bad. It looks like (laughs) dog shit. And I was actually, it's funny because it's been a while, right? And I obviously know how this movie ends having seen it before. And I remember Jack ranting about how bad the fire was but he does this all the time and i i you know by and large like i don't think it's as bad like things are as bad as he makes them sound when it comes to cg fire 
when this happened, I was like, oh, fuck. It looks pretty bad. <laughs> it but looks real bad. You have an elongated scene. There's so much where of it. You're, That's the problem. You have six minutes of people fighting in a fire. Obviously, you can't like have real fire. Two, two and a half. But and you know, from the time. metal thematic like design elements of it, I think it's I think it bodes, you know, it's a good choice on their part. But, woof. It looks <laughs> <It's> bad. Horrible. <laughs> but at least get on my uh, on the same page here. It looks pretty cool when Ethan Embry is beating the shit out of... With, yeah, a, with cool. Ray, Ray or with, with Dave axe. Davies's flying V? Yes. It looks cool. Except for the fire part. It looks pretty cool. It I mean, that part doesn't cool. look as bad because it's more, like, focused on him. But when you have the fire in the foreground... I mean, the is... fire is framing it perfectly, though. It's That's not the nice as bad thing you can then, do though. with CG. Yeah, that feels more like a metal cover at that point. Yeah. When it's just like the fire in the foreground when things are happening, it's atrocious. Yeah. Yeah, it's not... I mean, it's like not great, one but out it's, of it's, 10 it's, it's something that is necessary. But, it, but so, I mean, clearly the way they did it, right, is that they just superimposed a layer of fire in front yes. of the scene they shot, and it just yes. looks like it's on a different plane than them, almost like they just superimposed a layer of flat fire on top of them. It's not. I mean, I would inserted. I would say that fire is still extremely hard to render in high level blockbusters and video games. Yeah, I, today, I don't even think it's. CG but I, it fire. definitely wasn't. It definitely wasn't easy to do in. 2015. I think it's real fire, and they just shot it on a green screen. Ooh, fire I don't, know. It just I don't think it's real fire. It. I think it is. I don't think they. Did either that. way, it looks like this is a weird. Shit. This is no matter what happens, Jack's gonna have the a, a, a weird, weird take. take about the fire. <laughs> <laughs> it looks Jack's like dog weird shit. fire takes. <laughs> when we, uh, you know, 25 years from now, make our own horror movie, instead of doing any CG fire, I just want to get those uh, like lamps that have like paper mache like <laughs> oh, it's a no, fan blowing. with like orange <laughs> light no we're not doing it that way I'll, I'll burn this mother down we're fucking it's fire Nightmare one on of us is gonna style. buy a house and we're gonna burn it to the ground one shot <laughs> yeah I mean it's one of the most iconic scenes from Nightmare on Elm Street right one of the reasons that movie's so great is because the stuntman was the, willing the to the ignite himself it's yeah. it's good I don't wouldn't say that, okay that would not come up early in my conversation about that's like what makes third it's like Johnny Depp upside down bed long stretchy arms fire scene what? You rotating, provide a rotating room kill? That's Johnny Depp upside down scene. That's no, Johnny one. Depp goes through the yeah. Oh, okay. You're, you're conflating two up. scenes, Jeff. Uh, upside down room scene number one. Johnny Best. Depp fountain of blood. Fount- fountain of blood. Okay, and then third long arms, fourth fire, fourth, fine. fourth, fine, 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 fine. Good. Not Good. We got there. <laughs> Boom. We got there. Anything Everyone's else happy. this movie does wrong? Blow the whistle. <laughs> Nitpicks. Uh, Metallica. I know the the. He Ethan Embry joked it off, like sloughed it off to like, haha, that's not what your mom was talking about when she wanted something less heavy than what they were listening to. Metallica yeah. is a lot less heavy than what they were listening to. Like Metallica is a lot more accessible and mainstream than what they were. Yeah. No, I think to. I I read that joke differently than what you're thinking. Actually, um, well, I don't know. I guess that is sort of the joke of her just, joke like, is that it is a lot less heavy. But then yeah, Metallica Metallica is, is the pop music of yes, heavy yeah, metal. Hundred percent. That's, that's what she's saying. So, and that I guess that's the joke. So I guess we're saying the same thing. And, yeah. and would you, Mark, to your point earlier, that's kind of where it was like when the dad's like, oh, she doesn't even want to listen to like your mom had something else in mind where it's like, so how far removed from the heavy metal world is she? She doesn't listen to metal, man. Yeah, that's fine. She's not, she doesn't listen to metal. Th- and that, yeah. So there is my nitpick. I, I would love a, just a little bit more on how Jesse and Astrid know each other. I mean, they probably, like, maybe they run in, like, the artsy circles, but she just doesn't like listening to metal. Like, but I they feel like that's fine. That's, the, that kind, that's kind of another, like, subtle piece. I wish they gave us any hint of what she does for work, because her hours seem weird. 
No, she seems very, like she has a very nine to five job to me. No, it seems like she's like I I almost I gravitated toward nurse because it seems like she works nights or something or maybe just twelves like she works seven a to seven p because she doesn't seem like she gets home until super late and Jesse's the one in charge of picking her up. Yeah, yeah right. So, no, she so, has an office job. She has to stay till seven. Like my the old only job. as as close as they got was her talking about her commute. Like she's the one with the commute. Right. So she's in an office busy. setting. I mean, an office can be in medical for sure. I I don't know. Or she, legal. I don't she, know. She works long hours. Generally speaking. She supports the family. She's the breadwinner. Because that, yeah. that's, yeah, that's the other yeah. thing that they say is like, I can't afford this house on my salary, so you got to start picking up some fucking yeah. Which, like, commissions. That, that line was clunky exposition, because he, he was like, no, I know, that's why I've already, d- the thing I've spent, he must have spent so many hours on, to get that painting of the butterflies to where it is. Like, she, yeah. that, that's By the way, the that audience. painting of the butterflies is fucking awesome. Yeah, which yeah. is another nitpick. Like, he's not really selling out. He's painting rad metal shit and giving it to a bank. That shit's cool as hell. <laughs> it's just it, like it's it's a sellout pitch of like, hey, can you paint us some butterflies? Yeah. But then the way he does it is like amazing. Dark butterflies against a black background. It was like all he. It was as close as he could do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, he is not fuck, selling out at thing. all. <laughs> yeah, I want this artist's non-actual satanic shit. Probably a piece of that in my home. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want his butterfly adjacent. Let's stuff. reach out. Let's reach out to, to <laughs> yeah, whatever yeah, his yeah. name is that I said earlier. Let, Stephen Z- okay, so actually, patrons, I'm sorry. Uh, now your money's going to commissioning. Yeah, we're not. We're not donating anymore. We're trying to buy art from Stephen Kasner. One hundred percent of your money is going to Satanism, so, so we can each get a piece of art. <laughs> I hope you're cool with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fairness, um, I mean, we're already setting it to Planned Parenthood. So how many steps is there between Planned Parenthood and Satanism? I think from Mark getting political up in this here. This is a. This is a very. <laughs> This is a. This joke is uh, winding. Well, then let me bounce off the it. Ball of when the there's a long and winding road, yeah, 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 yeah. What Jack? Move what into the house and the daughter's upset by the teddy bears on the walls. The dad says, "I'll buy you posters enough to cover up every last one. Just fucking paint over them. Don't buy any posters. Just, Just paint, paint them over them. Paint them yeah. black. You know. I see a red door. Want to paint I, black? They they had red on their door. Hmm. Um. I really resonated with that <laughs> room because our old our old house when we moved in had so it was it was like the the boards that you put up with like the wood paneling in, the, in our basement sure. and the downstairs bedroom like the wood grain wood paneling right well in or the like main cedar room cedar planks because oh shit no no no, no. like yeah, linoleum like, yeah. like wood wood pattern linoleum that's on like the what walls. my shit was when i was a kid too and we had to fix that and it was around it was around all of the basement and then the bedroom yep. that was downstairs they had taken that same like wood panel linoleum shit painted it all white and then done like cartoon sunflowers around oh, no. the top all the way around the top and we had a very similar thing when we moved in it was just like we know right <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, but I that that one was but a very specific a response weird, for yeah. me as well. Just like, yeah, you got to get rid of the, the teddy bears with hearts. People have a weird <laughs> relationship to like walls and what color they are. Like I, I've had like houses. What? Like, <laughs> OK, what I mean is like there's a big in, not Jack, only watching, that, that statement by itself is just pure nonsense. <laughs> not only watching people, HGTV, but actually like how in, high are you right now? None high. Although I have okay, been huffing cedar for a while. Um, Good. In reality and on like HGTV and shit are like. No one's going to want to buy it if the room's this color. And it's like, it takes an afternoon to paint an entire fucking room. Or like apartments, people are scared to paint walls in apartments. It's like, just fucking paint it white when you're done. Like, what the? F- it's not hard to paint a It'll wall. It'll only make it better. It all you have to do is go into a fugue state. 
<laughs> just just enter a trance, and when you wake up, the room will probably be painted or covered in blood. And yes. that's a chance we're willing to take. There's a chance, yes. Yeah. Easy. Hey, do you want to enter the A to Z Horror Legal Corner for a double? Yes, a double I do. A to Z Horror Legal segment. Corner Keep double feature? First question. Oh, would they? Yeah, would they? Is the appropriate response here to go into witness protection? No, fuck. Okay, absolutely not. It's a single killer. You go to witness witness protection costs millions of dollars because you're relocating a family and changing their identities and giving them new jobs. It also doesn't last as long as it needs to last. It lasts forever. It's witness protection. You change their identities. They get new social security numbers and shit. Witness protection is the law. He meant new to, jobs. He may be meant to say, what's that? How do you get new jobs when you go into witness protection? Most of the time, I mean, it's a really... Is it like the same job just with a new company? No, it's a huge problem. You have to be in an entirely different field because otherwise it'd be easy to track your identity. So it's most of the time like you get a job at a hardware store. Like you don't get... It's not mm. a... You don't get to be high up it's somewhere. Bad. It's net bad. It's so, Shitty. listener, next time yeah. you go to Home Depot, 50% of those people probably in witness 50, protection. Yeah, probably 50%. Probably at matter least where 50%. you are. Most of them are witness protection. Although, if you're in a all big, these people, seen if some you're shit. in a city with a huge FBI hub or a huge U.S. Marshals hub like uh, Albuquerque, uh, like big, big hub Chicago, big hub cities like that, one, you know? then that's probably true of a lot of the Home Depots. Albuquerque. Um, either way, that, they meant to say protective custody, probably, or just we have officers outside. Witness protection was the wrong thing to say. That's not what that is. Yeah, protective protective custody makes sense. Also, they don't need a fucking wit. They're not they're not protecting. Yeah, they're not they witnesses. Are witnesses. They're they just, just trying to were. catch the guy. Yeah, witness, witness protection is about protecting people who are about to take they're a stand against like, the mob and yeah. shit. They're just victims. He kidnapped yeah, they, they their need daughter. victim protection, not witness protection. <laughs> it's fucking unbelievable. They need satisfying is what they need. <laughs> I. Uh, nitpick, nitpick. Wait, before oh, uh, he is still in legal corner. Yeah, sorry, I, we haven't exited. You're just yelling nitpick. Round two, legal corner. Uh, you do not have to disclose deaths by suicide, natural causes, or accidents in Texas. This isn't legal advice. I'm not a licensed attorney in Texas, but I'm also right. I read the statute, and I'm right. You don't have to disclose. <laughs> I am. <laughs> now I don't practice in Texas, but I am right. I am, he has to I say that correct. legally. Um, As part of legal corner, he has to say that. So, Jack, let me ask you, though. Uh-huh. If I'm a shisty real estate agent, and I did very much enjoy the sort of judge of the real estate agent in this movie. Sure. <laughs> I don't like flowery words, but uh whatever. Tra- what do you say? That's what I introduced you with. Tranquil comes tranquil to mind. Tranquil comes to mind. Um could if you are required to disclose. So let's say that the state has deemed that this was in fact a wrongful death, it was a murder of his sister. Yes. Because she got hit in the fucking head by a, a heavy object right. before she fell down. Because she got murdered. Can he say, <laughs> yes, because she was murdered, can he say that this was a death that occurred, but frame it in a way that made it seem like she died and then her husband died? I, I don't know. I didn't get into any kind of case law or, or examples of how it's interpreted. I can tell you in Idaho, again, not licensed in Idaho anymore, but, and this isn't legal advice, but uh, you could say that there was a death that falls into the type of death that I'm legally required to disclose to you. It's like you can get away with saying that kind of shit. You don't have to say like someone was gr- gruesomely murdered here. So let me, okay, uh... This is all very interesting. What is the enforcement mechanism for this? Or, or is there like a government? It would only be through a lawsuit where you buy the house, find out later that it was a gruesome murder, and then you sue the real estate company? The, yeah, the biggest enforcement is penalties against the agent, the real estate agent. 
Um, if they're doing like for sale by owner, you can nullify contracts sometimes, um, or make them. So you pay. can basically like undo the house sale sometimes. Yeah, if it's a material oh. enough breach. Rescission. Rescind the is what they call it. Rescission of the contract. Okay. But the the Any, the biggest thing uh, that never really happens because everyone's put a lot into it and people believe in ghosts until it costs them money, um, and so. Most of the time what happens is it's like an administrative penalty against the real estate agent, which is like a letter in their file that most people can't That's actually access. Great. And then That's it doesn't it doesn't even materially come back to the couple that bought the house. No. Or person who bought the house. No. <laughs> okay. Jack cool. is a great quote, dude. Ooh, what's a great quote? People believe in ghosts until it costs them money. Yeah. I like that a lot. <laughs> For sure. It's totally I true. like that a lot. People are worried what? about that shit until is, it's coming out the of whole, pocket. I feel like it's the opposite of that. People don't believe in ghosts. Unless until Wait, well, but the whole point is they're, they're, they're able to afford this house money? that is. Yeah, what are you They're saying? able to afford this house because there has been a murder in it, and no one wants to buy it. Well, there, this one specifically. So there they wasn't don't a believe in. they don't give a shit about the deaths that have occurred until he gets possessed by a demon. <laughs> Fair enough. And then they're like, "Oopsie poops." What I meant to say, Mark. <laughs> what I what I was meaning is that people will fight. Uh, if you if we've executed an agreement, we have a contract, and then we find out that there was a murder there, people are really worried about it until it gets to the point where, like, okay, now give a lawyer $15,000 retainer to start a lawsuit. And they're like, I don't care about ghosts anymore. About ghosts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a, a certain... <laughs> A certain subsect of Americans would probably be like, I want to take ghosts oh, to court. Dude, Let's do this. Han, Han and I were looking when we were looking for either apartments or a place to buy. We looked at one place that, like, I, it was so weird because obviously the the owner thought they had to disclose something, but they tried to hide it at, like, the bottom of all the, like, real estate stuff. At the very, very bottom, it said, like, also, we've seen some apparitions here sometimes. And, like, the tiny eight-point font at the bottom of this. Like, so you, <laughs> they thought they had a moral obligation to say something, but also tried to hide it. I was trying to reverse engineer how that got in there. And also, we couldn't afford that place, but I really wanted to move into that place. <laughs> I was going to say, the fact that you didn't buy that house is very interesting to me. Well, it was a rental, and we Con- couldn't afford it. Condo, whatever it was. Okay. You should have. It was going to be $2,600 a month for a... That seems like a lot. 640-square-foot place. That is... More than the mortgage on our house right now. <laughs> Honolulu. <laughs> what is that the- island life, dude? We- no worries. Anyway, but Mark, in this case, th- he says the death was not a murder. It was an accidental natural causes death. She fell down the stairs. or And a suicide. You specifically don't have to disclose those deaths in Texas. Uh, I'm not licensed in Texas, Right, but I guess my point is if it's because the coroner's report is going to say like she was hit by something in the head. And then fell down the stairs, or she possibly hit her head on the stairs as she was falling, or something like that. That seems like incongruous with how that would actually happen, if there is even a coroner's report. My question really would be like, if it's relatively ambiguous, and clearly they haven't resolved any court proceedings because this guy's still at large, they he could probably frame it in whatever way he needed to, but he may be forced to disclose it because it is still ambiguous. Uh, no, I mean, unless it's ruled a homicide by ah, the, okay. the powers that be, whether that be a coroner or just the police or some other investigator from the state, why would you disclose? If, you, if you're if you on the fence and you're a real estate agent, don't just go with whatever run you think is better for you. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, one other somewhat A to Z horror legal corner. Ooh. A, a small child is left at a school for multiple hours. Does the SRO 
like what step happened? in here? Like, how was she just Does there? It, wouldn't a teacher ha- do something? You yeah. can't just like a kid. I don't know. Maybe kids just like stay at the high school. I guess they probably just stay at the high school for a lot of this. But like, shouldn't the SRO be checking in? Just being well, like, hey, you're crying in a hallway. SROs uh, don't anything do I can shit. Do? So that's no, I mean, that's sometimes why that's a they whole do. Thing. <laughs> well. I- Someone, yeah, someone at the school make. should do something. I, I, yes. That's not really illegal. It seems, thing, it seems weird to me that a girl crying <laughs> in an archway would just be abandoned at a school, and the principal would like walk by and just be like, "This see ya." This happens a couple times, Mark. Again, this isn't A to Z horror legal corner. You ventured into A to Z horror yeah. moral corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This isn't legal <laughs> advice, but we got to do better. Bum, bum, Come bum, on, bum, man. Bum, bum, I don't think bum. anyone has a duty to do something. God. No, but I feel like someone. I would. we are again. A to Z horror moral I don't corner. Yeah, someone should have fucking wanna, helped. This I don't want to go over the sobbing fourteen-year-old girl. Fucking hell! What line are you worried about that we're towing right we're now? We're talking about schools and people's duties of obligation and how and SROs suck, and we're getting close to just, horrible things. I really don't want to talk about things because recent events have made it made it rough. But I, rough. I do feel like the administration of schools generally care if there's a student clearly in distress hours after the school has let out where the sun is down and the lights are on and she's crying in a hallway. Like, yeah, that doesn't seem like something one where would hope. Yeah. One would hope. I don't know. That seemed, that seemed yeah. weirdly extra dramatic. I'll to me agree that it seems extra dramatic, but then there, real, at real a minimum, there would have been a phone call from like the secretary. Yeah. It was just like, Hey, come pick your fucking daughter up. Yeah. I mean, it might've been on the messaging machine back home, you know? And then even even at that point, whatever you call it, even at that point, she gets dropped off probably by the sec the by by the secretary, right? They seem like they're pretty. And far then the away. scene There's is no actually that way. she's at home. He walks in and she's like upset that he didn't pick her up. Where were you? And yeah. exactly, she's like you have the exact the same scene, but yeah. she's at home instead of at the school. He runs out of the studio and she's sitting on the hood of the car, like the other, flipping him off. The other weirdly like threadbare part of this is that we don't see how she's kidnapped, and I think it's probably ultimately to the. To the yeah, it feels like they benefit. felt scene. They felt like the f- they filmed scenes of that, and those scenes did not work. Or they play. felt but like he the only, movie was getting really long. He and only needed to not he, allow that to happen. He's not delayed that much to the school. If he's yeah. picking her up at two, at three o'clock, he's probably there at like four. There's going to be students around. It's only an hour. There's going to be students around at like basketball practice. Yeah, for or sure. Tennis it's practice. Not a, it's not a total wasteland yet. Yeah, like they, they're, they're. This is this is the part of the movie where they're interjecting conflict yeah, for because sure. I feel like she would have been kidnapped regardless. This is also the only point in the movie where there is a supernatural thing that actually prevents him from getting there. Other than that, it's just like people being psychotic. Yeah. This is specifically like the devil popped his tire, shredded his tire <laughs> into oblivion. Yeah. Well, I mean, yes, absolutely. I mean, and they do a lot of that sacrificing for storytelling. Like there's no way when, uh, Ray is playing the guitar in the hotel room that that the sheriff would be the first person to knock on his door, right? Im- immediately after well, it's he not started- a sheriff, it's a deputy. Uh, okay. <laughs> a representative <laughs> of the county sheriff's office. Yes. <laughs> yes, it's not the elected county sheriff, I agree with you, uh, is not doing patrol response calls. <laughs> Jack, it's not a senator. A senator is not showing up. <laughs> um, 
It's a Texas Ranger. But it's okay. Not, it's Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell's at the Definitely door. Definitely not going to be him. It's going to be the hotel manager who knocks on the door first, right? And it's going to be immediately. This has the vibe of he's been doing it for an hour, which is how long it would take a county sheriff to get out there from yeah, a noise yeah. complaint. <laughs> the fact that it's not the guy at the front office knocking and being like, so I've heard complaints that you're playing guitar, one note on a guitar extremely Not loud only have I heard for the last 10 I'm minutes. I'm 15 feet away and I can hear it quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. Please stop that. Don't. I mean, <laughs> maybe that dude was just scared shitless because he had the initial encounter and he was like, I'm not going over there. Uh, that part, yeah, so I, I would want to... That's one of the. Yeah, like, I'm not doing this. He was like, "I'm calling police." 100 percent of just like, "Hey, I've yeah. gotten a bunch of co- complaints about this room. This guy checked in earlier, and I I'm am not intimidated fucking by him." <laughs> I think that's actually this is likely. not part of my job. You come yeah. over and talk to him. Doing yeah. a little bit of work that likely. changes into a neat pick. If that's the case, I like it. Then, boom, yeah. neat pick, love it. Um. Astrid probably should have done a little bit more than what she did when she saw the painting of her daughter burning in a fire. <laughs> just like this is disturbing. I mean, okay, all- I'm gonna go to work. Bye. I mean, you gotta go to work. <laughs> you trust your partner. You have to go to work. <laughs> I don't know. She's just disturbed by that. I, this his is- his explanation of it is, I don't know. I lost consciousness and I woke yeah. up to a picture of our daughter burning in flames. See, it's consistent like- though because it's in line. It's in line with how she shrugs off the whole like he's a huge metalhead thing. Mark, you're the only one with the chops. I want you to be honest here. You and your lovely you wife have be been together for a long fucking time. I'm sure you yep. trust each other implicitly. Did you see this movie? On you a have date? a you have a good partnership. What what if one morning you woke up and you're getting ready for work? We're going back into the office because the world's not a nightmare in this hypothetical. Uh, mm-hmm. And your wife shows you a picture with your daughter in it who is dead, and you're like, "This is weird." But I we. The, did my daughter do this or did my wife? Your wife do this? did this, and she's standing in front of a painting of this, and you're like, "But you are getting ready for work. You're a little late for work. You're going to work that day." I think. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm going to do some frantic googling. I'm what probably going to reach Google? out to you two. <laughs> my yeah, my wife painted a picture uh, of my daughter dead. Help! <laughs> Go to wikihow.com. I mean, yes, by this time, exactly. Google's just going to be like, "Good." Quora, Quora <laughs> will help you. <laughs> It's a sentient AI. Go to Quora.com. Go. <laughs> it pleases Bob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, Honestly, you're going so to So here's the thing. Day. It would have to be in the context of like a artist, an artistic medium that one of us is good at. Because if, if she's just like, I painted this easel and it's a beautiful work of art about our child. Yeah, that's a whole other child, Then I'm like, you've discovered a new... A new college of art <laughs> overnight, gone into a meditative fugue state and done this. I am way more concerned. That, that, yeah. than if in you... that circumstance, you're taking the day. Yeah, off. she has to be an but artist. But she's, she's already a painter. <clears throat> okay, so if she's already a painter, I'm probably less. Yeah, you're right. You're going I'm, to work, dude. I'm less concerned. You're going to be texting her a lot. If, the, that if day. she's telling me, uh, anytime, anytime someone loses contact with reality, and then wakes up to something that is a not only destruction of the commissioned artwork we were trying to rely upon for our, to paying our mortgage. On which we were trying to rely. Uh, that becomes, thank you, Jack, uh, that becomes a violent tribute to child murder. That's probably something where I'm at least reaching out to like local psychiatric authorities. For sure, for. but also you got to think, so we're not getting that commission. I better not miss a day of work. Wait, isn't there uh, a quick quick PSA? Isn't there a new 
uh, they they replaced the suicide hotline thing with a new psychiatric health hotline that's like 922. Yes, I believe that's correct. I'll put the link in the show description, but it is no longer the National Suicide Prevention Hotline, which is still a thing that exists. Uh, I want to talk about the scene where Jesse's driving to school and he frantically passes a driver on the highway before his tire blowing out. As he's passing this driver... He loses control of his vehicle, swerves off the road, and crashes his car. And, the, and what does the, the other, other driver, driver just what does the other driver going. do? <laughs> the other driver is just like swerves around him and just drives right past, like as an like it's You're a like fucking NASCAR race. <laughs> it's like, I mean, I'm not saying that wouldn't happen, but the fuck, you, I, someone passes you as they're honking and driving like they're crazy people. Yeah, they swerve all over the place, and then their car hits. A, I think it's a stop sign or or like a some road sign or something. Yeah. Don't you stop? I, I mean, yeah, you want to like double. Tap I definitely the dead stop, body. and the reason I stop isn't good. It's because I'm vindictive, and I assume they're drunk, and I want to see drunk drivers get fucked. But I'm stopping Jack one and I way made or the, the other. Same joke in very different ways. I mean, yeah, we we can all we can all align around fucking drunk drivers. Yeah, but drunk drivers. they are hot as I mean, hell. If someone is in that amount of distress, <laughs> <laughs> what he turned that on its head, didn't <laughs> yeah. he? You said fucking drunk drivers, and I did a literal thing with it. It was silly. It was a good no, don't don't drive drunk. Don't drink drive. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Lots of heavy messages coming out of this. This is a very, this is a very PSA. It's a episode. more you know podcast. Anyways, that whole scene seemed extremely weird to me, <laughs> and yeah. I there there continues to be just this realm of confusion around anytime anyone's driving a car frantically in a horror movie, where no matter what happens, what? it's gonna end in a car accident and. Yeah. It's Mark. Be, people are not going to behave like normal Mark, humans. Does the dog die? There is no dog in this movie. Does the dog die though? Yes. Then there you go. Okay. Problem solved. I don't have any more nitpicks. Anything else? Neither do I. Let's go to ratings. We over Daisy Horror use a one through ten rating system to rate the movies we watch. For one, think about Drake would rate Josh's ability to forge doctor's notes. Please excuse Drake from doing his homework. He twisted his liver and is unable to read, write, or bathe. Yours truly, the doctor. And for ten, think about Chucky would rate how hard life is. Life is so hard, Tommy. Sometimes I think it's the hardest thing there is. Story is the first guy in order to rate these movies. Mark, this was your pick. Rate the thing for story. Yeah, I feel like this one could probably go in a number of different directions. I went pretty high with it, honestly. I give it ten a... different directions. <laughs> Ish. 20, Twenty for you two idiots. Twenty if we include the half points. Uh, so I went with a seven for the uh, for the story yeah. rating. I think the legwork for the story is mostly done in the family dynamics. You okay. also gave it a seven. No. Oh, okay. Um, the actual like bare bones architecture of this is pretty minimal, and I don't think that's what's really ma- that's what. I don't think that is what makes this really sing. I think the part of the story that I love about this is that they're able to tell the story from the perspective of a heartwarming family, which we went in a full circle on earlier with what the movie does right. And that there was a reason why that kept coming up because that's the heartbeat of this movie. And that comes through for me from the story perspective and how the script is like written and presented. Yeah, I give it a four. Uh, I understand what you're saying, <laughs> okay. but the overall structure of this movie is not story focused, and it's not good when you think about it. Yeah. Like they try to do, if they try to do thematic stuff, it didn't work. If they didn't try to do thematic stuff, then they could have cut a lot of what they kept in there out. 
So that's just not very strong. I agree with you that the family dynamic is strong, but I don't put that dynamic into writing here myself. A little bit of it's writing, which is keeping it from being lower, but it's more in another category that'll come up later. Uh, I gave it a four. Jake? I gave it a six. So I guess I'm closer to Mark than you, but it is verging on, like, the same reasons are the culprit for me, you know, making it a lower score than what Mark gave. I This is also, like, an a sub 90 minute movie like it doesn't do an absolute ton of development here and we, we talked about there aren't Jesse's character the only... arcs for the most part yeah jesse's the only one that has an arc if you want to call it that and it's kind of just like are you are you currently possessed or not which isn't really <laughs> much of an arc so you know it's it's i do like all the things that mark said and i think that that is the proper place to put them but it's a little light so six yeah it's gonna take us into world building or immersion mark what's your world building or immersion score I gave it a nine. I, I I mean, I aside from the fact that I think you guys are probably already also going to pot the family dynamics into your categories and therefore be a little bit higher in this category. Um, I love the look of this movie. The scene to scene consistency and color palette and direction makes this an absolutely magnetic film to watch. Um, the pacing is something that we've only kind of touched on, but I feel like it's cut very, very well together where it never feels like it's dragging. It's a 79-minute long feature that seems longer, frankly. And although it probably cuts some corners as far as character development goes, I think ultimately I don't want any more stuff attached to this. This is the appropriate... This is The package is well-realized here. The weakest part of all of this is the world-building, but it's also the least important so I didn't really penalize it at all there. Like, the world building is essentially like they're in Texas. And I guess the world building aspects you get there is that there's a real estate agent with a cowboy hat. <laughs> and jeans, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's a cowboy. Uh, but, I mean, other than that, from the immersion perspective, this is an imminently watchable movie. And there's really no point in the storyline where... I'm like I could go to the bathroom. I need to, I I can just let this run type of thing. Or like if I'm in if I'm watching this in a movie theater, I don't want to leave my seat at all. I'm with you. I gave it an 8. Um I think this is a very very immersive movie. I think I'm I, th- We've talked about how it didn't work. The the scenes of the like pastor saying religious stuff on the TV as a cutting mechanism took me out of it and didn't work as well for me uh, as it did for you, Mark. Um, but I do think it's a... I mean, the movie's strongest point is immersion. The relationships between the families, the way that's acted, that's all fantastic and draws you in. There's only v- just a little bit of stuff that takes you out. But I also think they do build a very cool world of a very happy family that's like thrust into bad situations. I'd say, I don't think you necessarily need to have strong character arcs to make a good movie. And this is an example of that. Like they're just, it, it's, it's almost weaker because they tried to put arcs in for the characters. Uh, Jake, did they, I, I'm, I'm confused by this take versus what you said during story. Cause you, they don't have arcs, but they put the arcs in. Yeah. They tried to do arcs and the did. arcs they tried to put in don't really work and they didn't really need them. Mm. Okay. I don't know. They, I, Whatever. I don't know if they did, really, but we're way past that at this point. I gave this a 9 for immersion. I, this movie pulls you in and doesn't let you go. I, it helps that it's a little shorter. I'm going to keep mentioning that. But <clears throat> the world they mentioned, Jack, as is, is, is you stated, is solid. It's a very simple one. It's small, and that's fine. I think that that's actually kind of necessary for what they're trying to do here. But the, the immersion is where this really shines. Like, I just love everything that it has going for it from the family dynamic to like what's happening around them so yeah very easy to get enveloped in definitely uh scare factor mark five and a half i mean it is a 
serial killer ish movie. There is there are some scenes. I it's look, it'd be fucking terrifying scary. to wake up in your bed eye to eye oh, with Ray. God. Uh that scene's particularly freaky and just the general idea of someone stalking your teenage daughter who is possessed by I he, they don't even know he's possessed really, but uh just this guy who you move into a new house. New house movies always kind of have the same angle too of like you move into the new house, you got to like figure out all that stuff. But if it comes with additional baggage and like creepy factor of the guy who used to live there, whose family died, that's, that's a freaky thing. I don't know if this one really, uh, this movie also features child murder uh, in a scene that we haven't really talked about with a, with a rock to the back of the head. And he kills it. I pretty sure he kills his brother too. And the dog. So the dog does die. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of stuff to hang on to here, but I don't think any of it is materially horror in the sense that we usually bump things up high on the horror scale. I fully agree with that last thing you said, Mark. I give it a four. Um, there's just not that much from a horror. The, the horror perspective stuff here relies on a fear of religious stuff that just is never going to be able to resonate with me. Like, I, I'm not afraid of being possessed it doesn't like you're going to have to do stuff outside of just the raw fact of being possessed to make me more scared and jesse never is anything other than sometimes possessed and i grant you there's some adult fear stuff of a serial killer stalking your family that is a little bit frightening and pruitt taylor vince is a imposing terrifying dude he's a scary like and he's very scary in this but at the end of the day like for me the way this feels to me the way this hits me is just a only a stalker serial killer guy after your family. And that's like more real world scary, less horror movie scary. And I'm giving it a four. You gave it a four? Yep. Jake. Okay. Is it more or less scary to you guys that he is objectively possessed? Less? I mean, what it's movies that have that kind of possession in them need to do something else. There needs to be some kind of body horror or gruesome thing happening along with it to scare me. Because just the idea of being mm-hmm. possessed... I don't give a shit. The way this movie handles it, I don't think it honestly affects the... I, I am equally afraid of a straight-up serial killer as I am with a person who's personally disturbed by the fact that he thinks That's he hears Satan. Mark, thank you for putting yeah. that much this, more eloquently the, than me. The simple, it, the simple fact that we're able to also hear Bilal whispering into his ear doesn't do a whole lot to change the scare factor for me. Because okay. it's also it changes, a system exhibited by... It changes by, the story, but not the scare factor. But also a person exhibiting yeah. mental unwellness would also maybe hear voices. Yeah, a person I, who is mentally unwell stalking my family is just as fucking scary as a person who's actually possessed by the devil. Yeah, I mean, I think the actively possessed by the devil makes him a more sympathetic character in a weird way. Sure. Yeah, I think that's a fair so, point. That's a fair So to say. me, that's like what's impacting my scare factor score a little bit. That's it. It's not like that different. <laughs> well, now, you, now you're getting into the church has prevented people from getting mental health treatment because they've called it possession for thousands of years. So <laughs> I know, man, I don't want to. But like if he's just like some sick fuck that like they do less to describe what's happening within this world that they built. That is scarier to me when he ends up face to face with a daughter in her bed than it is if he is actively hearing the devil in his head. Yeah. And you as a viewer hear that. Like, that's just calling as I see it. So I, I gave it a four. Like, I'm pretty much on the same page as you guys, but I thought that was kind of an interesting point. So Fair enough. It's going to take us into over uh, well, effects or judicious lack thereof. Mark? Uh, seven and a half. Uh, I'm, I'm basically subtracting two and a half points for the CG fire. Because <laughs> there's real outside of, a ten if not. Outside of that scene, there's really nothing that this movie does wrong. I think it no. sounds amazing. The house itself is a really cool setting. The art is 
fantastic. That's perfect. So, so the three things that it does, it does very, very, very well. But as we've said, the denouement of the movie is marred by the fact that you basically have like Looney Tune cartoon fire happening. In it the looks background. like dog shit. It's interesting, Mark. <laughs> I could never have given, even without the fire, this movie couldn't get a 10. It doesn't do enough from an effects standpoint for me to have ever considered a 10. So for me, I think, I think doing the art itself, those paintings are it's, fucking incredible. It's starting high. I mean, they're, that they're, is, a, that is enough to qualify it for at least that ceiling. They are God tier props. They are. Yes. But for me, exactly. this was never in 10 consideration for me it started at like an eight for me and the fire brought it down to a six it's a six okay. for me jake i i gave it a six and a half i'm more on jack's page i think that this is like in a weird way mostly it is they don't show a lot of stuff like yeah. there it depends on how heavily you're going to weight the sound design like as mark mentioned and then props and sets like it's, that's what this does it's a it's extremely good at the non-traditional not yeah. in your face yeah. and effects. it is it, it's how are you capping that? I guess one other thing that we haven't discussed so much is the costume design, which also definitely fits into effects. Where we Embry's tats are pretty. We sick. have touched on Embry's general persona, yeah. his wig, his tats. Yeah, both of those are very good. Yeah, and the jumpsuit that uh, Ray wears throughout the movie. <laughs> being pure red with a black and white stripe having very specific meaning there sure. from the costuming department. So I I do think they're doing I don't think this is a judicious lack thereof movie. Okay. They're they're they yeah. you're right. They cut around a lot of the explicit violence. Yeah. This isn't this isn't like a Baskin style movie. It's obviously it's just but, it's hard for me with this category to prop like to give it the score I would give movies that are doing a lot from a traditional effect standpoint. What it does, it does fantastically. I think all of us yeah. are in agreement. With yes, that. yes. And then it's just how are you balancing that? It's so, an extremely yeah. good-looking movie, except for except for the fire. Except for the fire. <laughs> the fire looks like shit. But the fire, honestly, if we go back to the the roots of what this uh, category is, it's whether or not it distracts from the overall thing. And it I very I, that much point, dis- that scene looks. It doesn't for the last three minutes. It doesn't distract from the overall impact of the movie because what they're doing is designing like a metal album cover, sure. and they recognize and they realize yeah, that it, vision in a way. It looks bad from the standpoint of what is happening on screen, but they they get to the point where they need to, where to the punchline is a guy holding a flying V beating the shit. You just say you like the idea, and it doesn't matter how well they execute it, and that's the opposite it's of the funny. effects category. I think it, it's funny because like I understand Mark's argument, but for that argument, for me to like really vibe on that and to like take his side I would need more of the movie to play like a metal yeah, music video. Yeah, definitely. And it's and not. it doesn't. No. Okay, I so get what it's going there's for There's an alternate reality where yeah. this movie has like a it's it's 85 minutes long and the additional 6 minutes are a interjected animated music video thing of like a hallucination that Jesse's going through. Yeah. Maybe they split it up over a couple. So when he's painting, there's you like go on this, you go on this like traditional animated, like, yeah, like cell shaded adventure of, uh, what was, what was the 1970s? Like rock and roll movie of like flying on the wings of an Eagle and all that other shit. It's like clearly an acid trip. You, you drop that type of shit into this That's, movie. Okay. There's fire and flames. And then they recreate that, Later, when he's when he's destroying Ray, that I mean, that would have been like the ultimate yeah, realization. Yeah, yeah. That's, that would have been the thing to put this over the top. They could weave the fantasies. That'd be sick. Yeah. Who who hasn't gone? Devil's for Candy. Have we all gone? I think we've, we've all, all gone. gone. Okay. It's gonna take us an overall mark. What's your overall score? 
Eight and a half. It's it's definitely better than the sum of its parts. Yeah. Um, and I absolutely stand by picking this as my favorite movie of 2017. I think above Get Out, which is something that I probably That's need to figure out to there. Me. But they're they're such different movies. I think Get Out probably is ultimately the better movie. But I I mean I love this movie. It's absolutely fantastic. I gave it a seven. It's damn near damn near perfect from the story that it's trying to tell. I gave it a seven. I really enjoyed the movie. I, it it's much less impactful for me. It is not even in the same category as Get Out for me in terms of quality. I like it, but it's it needs to be doing a lot more from a story or thematic perspective. Like it's a fun experience, but it's not doing much beyond that for me. It needs Steven Root. That's the it one thing. Definitely needs Steven Root. It sure <laughs> absolutely needs Steven Root. It's just I mean it's a it's a cool excuse to show cool heavy metal stuff going on. It, it's it's not it's in a different tier than Get Out for me, Jake. I think the name of the movie that I was trying to come up with was Heavy Metal, by the way. I, I had no idea what the fuck you're talking about. I still heavy Heavy Metal is like a 1975 animated acid trip of a person. They they ended up uh, parodying it on South Park as okay. well. Okay, but it's another. It's a whole. It's the episode where the cat pees in your face. Um, but there's a whole like two hour long animated crazy fucking arc that is the movie Heavy Metal. Anyways, continue. Huh. Sorry, my brain just connected dots. Uh, Are you done, Jack? I, yeah, I'm done, Jake. I I gave it an eight. I yeah, I guess I'm in between you two. Like this was not my favorite movie of the year. I did not uncover. It was your my, third favorite movie of the year. Yeah, I did not uncover that list, and I was actually looking up like what movies came out in 2017 just to like remember what my top movie of the year was. But it all flows together at this point. There's no way we'll ever check. I might be able to check. I might check, but I'm not going to be able to weigh in because I'm not going to remember it by the time we're recording the nice. next episode. So. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll check. I don't know. I can go back and listen to a podcast. Twenty. I do remember 2017 being a particularly weak year from the omnibus standpoint. Like, that there was just like that, a bunch of weird shit. That, that came wasn't out. a dark song year, was it? That was 18. It may have been. I don't, I don't know. You're the dark song guy. I don't yeah, know. I don't, don't remember. Quiz me. Well, I, you said I gave it third. I don't know what I gave first. Okay. So whatever. I gave this movie an eight. I obviously think it's good. Like it was in the running for me. I think it's a really nice movie, and it is a short pretty sparky little metallic thing if you go really deep on it like there are some shortcomings and that's what prevents it from being like super duper duper high but an eight is a damn solid score i like this movie a lot i'm gonna go ahead and say that a dark song was also 2017 it came out in 2016 on the festival circuit but i don't think we included that in the because 2016 was the first omnibus we did oh okay and that was heavily dominated by uh the invitation well and I, I mean, I'm not. That I, was my movie of the year that year. Yeah, I don't know. It was all of our movie of the was year. Was it? That year. Yes, it was. I don't think that's true. Uh, but then it ended up being much more available on. I don't think that's true. In yeah. late 2017, so okay. it, this was probably up against Dark Song. Yeah, and, and, uh, yeah, a Dark Song. It's, prefer, yeah, it's not as good as a Dark Song. Yeah. I don't think. Uh, depends huh, on the person. That's interesting. They're very different. They're very, very different. Very different movies. Yeah, and I like that. I want. I think I were. I, li- I think I like this more than a Dark Song. But I like both of those. Well, movies Mark, a lot. to whom the hell yeah. would you recommend this movie? A lot of people, honestly, this this is it depends on what conversation it's a you're pretty having accessible when you're recommending. Movie. Yeah, it's a very I accessible agree. movie, yeah. and I think it has an interesting talking point about how accessible alternative lifestyles can be. I, I love the way I just I I can't get past how much I enjoy the way they treat heavy metal family, you know, like they, they don't fall into the traditional traps of horror movie storytelling of like a dysfunctional family, especially when you're combining that with someone who loves Metallica and dark metal and all this other shit. 
Like there's, it would be very easy to get into stereotypical storytelling elements. And I think this avoids all of those traps and gets to a point where you're seeing just a happy family suffer through a tragedy. And that makes it very relatable and interesting to watch. So I think that actually becomes a very easily recommendable movie. Yeah. I fully, I don't have anything to add. I'm I'm with you, Jake. No, I mean... Oh, wait, yeah. Ethan Embry fans? Oh, yeah. If you liked the basis <laughs> from that thing you do and want to see his other stuff. <laughs> I, I don't know but really, that. though, this is one of the most recommendable movies yeah. we've watched in, in recent memory. <laughs> Let's get the fuck out of here. It has a happy ending, too. That's the other thing that we haven't really touched on. We don't watch a lot of horror movies that have happy endings, and this is an did objectively the, happy ending. Did the mom ending. live? Yes. Okay. Everybody lived. Everybody except, lives. Except they for... find they find the bodies of the murdered children and Ray dies. Done. Yeah, I, it's as happy as it can be. There were still suitcases full of children parts. But, well, you know. look, we've talked about this before. Horror is what grew out of the opposite of comedy in theatrical presentation. So you have to have some dark shit. That breaking eggs and making omelets, I get it. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. The murdered children are the broken eggs. Jack, what's the to be? This has been episode 256 of the A to Z Horrorcast. If you're still here hanging out with us and you like what we got going on, all of our links are down there in the description below. And as Jack mentioned at the top of the episode, all of our Patreon proceeds are currently going to Planned Parenthood. So you can know that your money's going to somewhere that is actually good and not just our dumbasses. I think Jack mentioned at the top of the episode, too, if you're a $10 patron, he's going to be making you some, some nice, coasters. cool, like, Hawaiian wood coasters. So No, man, they're cedar. They're not Hawaiian. Yeah. Ah, oh, damn it. They're cedar. <laughs> You know, just don't do it. I Cedar's good, point, though. Right? Cedar's, Cedar's good. great. It smells good. Just, you know, smell it or something. I just I keep know. huffing it. Oh, Cedar. definitely smell it. Definitely smell it. As always, the music has been coming at you from Super Bear. Their link is down there in the description below as well. And next week, we're going to a tie pick. It's been a bit since we've had one of these. Breaking it up. Manhunter. I don't know a lot about this, but we just had a Neither big conversation off Never air. Never seen it. So... <laughs> It sounds like a great pick already. And that's going to be coming at you roughly one week from today. Until then, get your buddies, grab some beers, and go watch some more movies. Have a great week, everybody. In fairness, Um, I mean, we're already setting it to Planned Parenthood, so how many steps is there between Planned Parenthood and Satanism, I think, from... Mark getting political up in here. This is a very... (laughs) This is a... (laughs) 